0: Ladies and gentlemen, best friends and gal pals, welcome to a very special episode of Shadow Running on Empty that we have for you here this evening. As we have the fullest house that we have had yet to date for any recording. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, four times the faces, four times the voices, four times the flavor. And to get us started with that delicious, delicious nutrition. We have, as always, Tyler. You handsome devil, you. How are you doing this evening?
1: Hello, Tyler. Your local nutritionist here, here to tell you that you need a daily dose of shadow running on empty, uh, as prescribed by our good old doctor. Not doctor, doctor. So easy mode. How's it going?
0: I never finished medical school, so
1: <sighs> I yes. already never even
2: applied.
0: Well, uh, 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 you know, back alleys and all. Do you uh, need a chop shops? It's it, it, it's like an a education. <laughs> Yeah. I say, do
1: you need Do you need to a degree for that?
0: Uh, uh Ask I do talking about. Hey, why don't you take a seat in my chair over here, and I'll uh, get you those cyber eyes <laughs> you've been asking about. <laughs> I know these look like olives, but I swear they're gonna work. I swear <laughs> they're they're new. They're fresh <laughs> off the market shelf. Anyway, uh, I am not the. uh Last person to be introduced, as usual. <laughs> I know. Normally it stops at me and I tell you stuff that we're going to talk about, and then we go and, and talk about it. But that's not the case because we're doing a special episode today. And today we have with us a special guest straight over. You may have heard of them before. They have a lovely <laughs> podcast for all of you Shadowrun enthusiasts. I highly recommend listening to Pink Fohawk. We have the GM, Ben. Ben, welcome to our podcast.
2: Hey, guys. Woo! Hey. Thanks for having me on. I was going to stick with the food and nutrition motif you guys were going with there, but I couldn't think of anything. So, <laughs> Oh, that's fair. I'll just... <laughs> you really were rolling with it. You went with olives. You kept with it. <laughs>
0: Twice a week recommended dosage of fantasticness on What's tonight's episode. A supplement episode of faux to get into your shadow run for cardio. She's getting right. that juicy gyro. Mm. <laughs> oh, let it run getting... down your
2: face. Yeah. Put <laughs> <You want> run <it laughs> down your face. It's let the little ones taste it. Maybe
0: all that more, can... taste it. Base yep. neck and chest—that's what you come to the Shadow Running on <laughs> Empty podcast okay, for. Okay,
1: I, I feel like as the local pervert, I need to preface by saying this episode will probably be more adult than normal. But that's hey, like, what? What? Hey, why? 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 What's what? I don't know. I don't know. I, so warn I them ahead of
0: time. time, Tyler. Are you trying? Are you trying to prime the audience right now for Shadow Running After Dark?
3: Oh, always, Shadow baby. Running Nights. Shadow Running Nights. <laughs>
0: Let's bring the lights way down low. Oh, get comfy oh. with your best guy, gal. That's,
2: that's a new podcast right there.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: or it's uh, its own podcast.
0: Yeah, we've we've talked about it before. Oh, we've talked about having an entire episode dedicating to the pleasure floor of Dante's Inferno. <laughs> like, Woo, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Oh you, oh, do a lot. oh, you can do a lot. Before we get too far into the dark, shadowy recesses of the underbelly of Seattle... <laughs> then where can where can our listeners find you and all of your delicious content
2: yes uh so yeah we're, we run a podcast called pink Fohawk. it's a second edition uh actual play uh very 80s very ridiculous very raunchy so i'm sorry i feel like i'm flavoring this place a little raunchier this evening maybe a little it might spicy be a little bit my fault a little spicy no. oh bring, bring, the no, bring, it. It. bring it
0: no okay. guys we hold ourselves to a higher standard than this how dare you <laughs>
1: Yeah, this just filth. go back to the episode where this we're talking filth. about toilets. Anyway, <laughs> anyway <laughs> not just...
0: Get, Tyler, get... not just toilets. Toilet cameras. Come on, get it right. That's very cyberpunk. Let's get back to our conversation about Aries branded genitalia, okay? Oh. Let's talk... Let's <laughs> give the people what they want.
2: <laughs> A penetrator? Wep- weaponized genitalia. You
0: weaponized genitalia. Oh. Okay, Guys, okay. Make, make, make my uh, From Dust Till Dawn dreams come true, baby. All I've ever wanted... <laughs> All I've ever wanted was to be sex machine. Let me tell you, <laughs> oh man! I'm definitely picturing some villains from Machete. Uh-huh, yeah, oh, uh yeah, huh. Yeah, yeah. You gotta Eddie, have You, you know what? Eddie Robert Rodriguez. Boom, right? Eddie Robert Rodriguez. Danny yeah, Trejo. One. Universe you want? You know, <laughs> Planet Terror. We've got Cherry with the M16 machine gun leg with a rock grenade launcher. Like really, take any of it. Take any of yep. it. Robert Rodriguez take was ahead of his time. This is what I'm getting, guy. Okay. you know what? Actually.
1: I'm gonna wait. I was gonna, I'm gonna say. Wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. i gonna I was I'm gonna, gonna wait. say. Do we, d- Ben? Do we have everything we need to know where to find you? Is are we just you gonna know, find you in the universes? We, <laughs> yeah. we, we yeah. keep the segwaying away from giving
0: chance. It's us. something new every time. Us. Segway? Never.
2: <laughs> in this professional show, hard edit. Uh, no, yeah, just Google Pink Fohawk. I know it sounds. Dave search, yeah, yeah, search off. Oh exactly turn off the moderate search on on google let those filthy images filter in and you'll find us we're, we're on every podcast platform we got a youtube channel now we don't really have much stuff on the youtube channel it's not really worth joining but if you want to check it out we, we do some things and then uh hey uh we have a discord you can they join. join they of...
0: join the youtube channel for the future content to come
2: yes yeah it's really setting yourself up for the future really. there we go it's a hopeful future that we will we'll release content for that platform
0: yeah, as Shadowrun has taught us, it's always a hopeful future, right, guys? Nothing bad ever goes wrong in the Sixth World. Never re- re- reference the previous twenty-nine episodes that are. Yeah, literally every other episode we've done. Everything in this is podcast. okay. <laughs> it's all gumdrops and rainbows in the Sixth World. Now, with us having this fantastic guest joining us for this evening, Easy, mm-hmm. what is our topic for the night? Oh well we're doing something a little bit different for this evening and we have come together as uh, fellow cyberpunk enthusiasts and enjoyers of all things that are corporately sponsored. (laughs) Uh, We have each made a list of what we think is the top five things that help really influence the cyberpunk genre and Shadowrun, what really brings it out, like media that you can absorb that's out there to give you ideas of what you'd be running into in a Shadowrun setting, or music that might get you in the mood or, or influence you into thinking about that next thrash metal rocker that's a troll that happens to have a contract with Ares that he's trying to get out of. I don't know. That's just an idea off the top of my head. But that's what we're going to be talking about this evening. (laughs) Before we get too far into it, though, I know a lot of you uh, that are already huge fans of the cyberpunk genre will definitely be expecting to hear some of the greats that have influenced this this entire genre. And we're going to knock some of them out of the way right now that we didn't put on the list just because we thought people would already be accustomed to them and expect them so uh we talked about it before and right now on that list we have of course blade runner obvious obvious choice yep we've also decided to rule out uh the matrix again very cyberpunk dystopian uh think if an ai would have actually full autonomy and taken over that's would've probably one the sixth world yeah have yeah. one there yeah. you go Uh, And finally, uh, one of the uh, novels uh, we have eliminated is of course the grandfather itself of the cyberpunk genre, Neuromancer. If you haven't read it, I do highly recommend it. Um, I will let you know that from my own personal diving into things, um, there's supposed to be a show that's coming out on Apple TV that is loosely based off of the Neuromancer book. When it's coming, I have no idea, but I was told and did research that it is in creation. So Apple so TV continues to just be the bane of my existence, man. You talk about like the one service that has the most <laughs> things that I actively want to watch. But on the on the other side of it, I'm like, I will never give Apple money again a day in my life. So... <laughs> I'm so conflicted, man. I it, can't it's... support
2: your corporate overlord. What's wrong? You're that last one they're no, trying they to get. It. That's the whole thing. I it's said, gonna get worse for you, man. They're, they're trying to—they're
0: trying to get me back, man. I—I I left with the iPhone four, and I've never
2: looked back. And God, the Apple TV, though. Just imagine a smoking stuff. man at Apple watching this feed. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> he's gonna crack.
1: Oh, Oh, once we get him it's all over (laughs) i really hope
0: that i have my own dedicated cigarette smoking man at apple that would be amazing Uh, right from here you start getting more ads popping up in your facebook you're like apple products (laughs) yeah just hit him with the hit him with the ads he'll eventually crumble i really wish that we could one day get to the point where we have a corporation that's just gives you a targeted ad and then at the bottom of it the tagline of the ad is just yes we were listening like yeah. just be honest about it stop. at this point just be honest like come on amazon just be honest i mean point. look when we get when we hit the augmented reality stage like in uh, the fourth edition of Shadow run where everything is a targeted ad based off of all of your history that's collected from your smart home because it's all wired in and all corporations are involved you know it, it'll get there eventually you just got to give it some time Absolutely. our corporate overlords will take over eventually ah, <laughs> uh, but uh on that lovely note of targeted ads uh real quick I yeah. I would just like to say uh I do because we are just gonna kind of skip over them if there are people that haven't seen that seen or partaken in what we would consider to be the heavy hitters I I think it would just be kind of cool to just do a quick like why we would agree that these are the big ones so starting with Blade Runner I mean it just aesthetic music atmosphere everything like if you've seen corporate espionage if you've seen any piece of cyberpunk media from the past 50 years thank Blade Runner because they Uh, yeah a lot of the they Super really set that. the blueprint and i mean mm-hmm. the opening fly through city shot with the coke ad and the giant yeah. uh tv woman asian woman on display like Atari it, it is fuji film and,
2: Fujifilm and all it's that
0: shit. it's iconic <sighs> it is just iconic at this point so like it's impossible to get away from
2: it's it's also like that that the the mix of noir they bring into it yeah I feel like a lot of cyberpunk sometimes latches more on the Super flashy tech side, and they went to yeah. like an old old school noir film. Yeah, it's which was really cool for being hyper
0: advanced mm. technologically. It's very grounded in the story yeah. that it tells. It's not super high concept sci-fi. Like it is very much, what if robots mm. were humans and gain sentience? Are they human? That is the entire crux of the movie. So right. like it it very much grounds a lot of the higher sci-fi elements of cyberpunk that you get into with more advanced media of it that i do right. think that it is really like the ground level of this is cyberpunk this is what you can build off of from here right this is this is your base and everything else to come thank you to ridley scott <laughs> You know, <laughs> seriously and I mean, also and Philip remember, K. Dick also. I was going to say, K. Philip K. K. Yes. Dick. Yes. Yes. Philip K. Dick with Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yes, if you're one of them nerds that prefers to read instead of watch, uh, definitely <laughs> go for do Android's Dream. Also, yeah. uh, the how,
2: boom. How dare you? The That's boom. Well, pretty annoying a Philip K. Dick to rip off Ripley, Ridley Scott like that. Yeah. Oh, what a what a hack!
0: Cool, <laughs> wow. wow. Didn't even wow. give him, Didn't even like to Ridley at the beginning of the of the book or or the give first me story it, or anything. Give give just me those receipts
1: on the dates of release. <laughs> <I> dare you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: also. Uh, in relation to that as well, I would also just like to mention uh, Boom Studios has a fantastic comic adaptation of uh, Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep. So if you are Ooh. a comic fan as well, highly recommend. It is very, very nice. good. I am a fan of uh, the graphic novel media. And I might also just throw that in there because, like, I'm fan, I'm friends with the artist who did that series. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, oh,
2: oh I see. I see <laughs> if this if I this see. ever
0: somehow gets back to Tony Parker, baby, I did it for you. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Love you, man.
2: <laughs> Ultra-targeted ads now,
0: man. Yeah, <laughs> super-targeted. I target them for my friends. <laughs> should have known. You were your own corporation this whole Congratulations, time. Congratulations, you are the algorithm. <laughs> Woo! It feels good. I've <laughs> transcended, guys. Can you tell? Do I look any more corporate? Is this is this happening? <clears throat> oh man. Uh all right. Next on the list, uh, I I feel like uh we might as well throw up um that other great novel that helped start the whole genre and uh that is Neuromancer.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You guys, yeah. great book. Um especially if you it has that same kind of like Noir, dark, gritty feel to it, uh, but this is all in relation to like your early Deckers is what it mm-hmm. can be compared to uh, for Shatter Run,
2: and the street Sam with Sally or Molly. I can't remember what her name is in that Sally or Molly.
0: <clears throat> yes,
2: her she's one name in Johnny Mnemonic, and she's another one. In,
0: yeah, she's another one. In, <laughs> changed her I, spoiler. Changed her name. Spoiler: Johnny Mnemonic is totally on my top five list.
3: <laughs> oh shit. Sorry about
0: that. Yes, it's okay, we'll get there. It's okay, we'll get there. We'll get we'll get there. Okay, we'll promise we'll get there. Um, but yeah, uh fantastic book. Uh it is one out of
2: a series of like three that he did, right? hmm there's, the right. there's the bridge, there's the sprawl trilogy, yeah. Set in that world. There's a few other trilogies, but I any if you haven't read anyone that hasn't read any of the William Gibson books, like you gotta read them. They're fucking incredible, and they're so, so true. moody, and they set the whole and he's the godfather of cyberpunk, so mm-hmm. it uh, gotta do it.
0: Yeah, the sprawl series has a complete four book set.
2: Wow, yeah. Is the four book is it is that with the uh, um, burn burning chrome?
0: Uh, included? Let, let me check. I'm actually looking right now. Yes, it's got the burning chrome in.
2: That's awesome.
0: It's Burning Chrome, Mona Lisa Overdrive, Count Zero, Count Zero, and
2: Neuromancer. Nice.
0: Super worth Hard it, record. you guys. All you can get <sighs> the whole four book set actually uh, on your, you know, the usual place. Yeah, you're going to get an advertisement book. on it. You're on I don't need to drop it. You know exactly <laughs> where you can go to find it. Hang on. Come on. Hang on. Hang on. Hey, hang on. Easy. I got you real quick. Alexa, order neuromancer. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. You're welcome. I'll never have one of those in my house ever. Confirm and ship. There we go. Sorry, that's the second yep. part. Oh, that's there you go. <laughs> confirm you and go. ship. Thank you. You
2: up, shatter on an empty. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you hey, well, oh, hey, hey, hey. up pink Ah <laughs> oh, man. Man.
2: this is it. A, come on. This is it. This is how you circle jerk, but like we we, we are trust. the system.
0: We have become the system. <laughs> You guys, we've broken the code. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh
0: man! Uh, next on the list, we have uh, the Matrix. Uh, you guys want to include all of the full Matrix series? Everything,
3: everything? Matrix,
0: all that's four fair. movies, Animatrix, all of it. Attach all of it because uh, it fair. it that's I, I it, it it does kind of the perfect blending of everything. You've got like the hard tech digital world matrix like literal matrix landscape that is present in the shadow run setting you've got the ai that is conquered and taken over and realizes the resourcefulness of humanity instead of just the destruction of humanity like you would have with like a terminator where it's much more of like a humanity needs to be erased type of setting and like just Hmm. it's just great man like who doesn't like the matrix like let's like just honestly who doesn't like the matrix it's so good that was an interesting take on that i I did like that where you're like it's how robots or the ai realize that human humanity is useful and it needs to just be cultivated whereas in terminator it's a complete wipe out of everything two very different things that still deal with an ai Very, very interesting. To be honest, that's kind of always been one of my big issues with the Terminator franchise is that the Terminator franchise is to prevent the end of the world via the end of humanity, whereas the Matrix is to regain freedom from Mm -hmm. the system that's been implemented by this AI overlord that's taken over, realizing or, you know, viewing humanity as being secondary to the primary of the machine existence so mm-hmm. it's why i've always thought that the matrix is way more interesting as like an evil robot high yeah. sci-fi concept setting is because it's not just kill all the humans because <laughs> you know it's that's great that's a good setting for when you need mm-hmm. it but I it's just like that's very final that's it yeah. that's the whole thing you stop the terminators or everybody dies and it's like yeah that's fine it's, you I feel, know i feel like the animatrix is a good inclusion into there to see oh, like my. that whole history build up for it too which was super super interesting i yeah. just watched that for like the second time ever right before the last movie came out right before the fourth one came out again yeah nobody talks about the animatrix enough man it's so cool That's it's really so cool. good very, very underrated it's very such underrated. a cool way for them to build out the world lore and tell you like how everything happened and just some of the studios that they had work on that thing are just God tier. Like there's just yeah. some of the best animation studios in the industry. They all got together and we're like, yeah, we like this thing. It's kind of cool. So we're just going to do some stuff for it <laughs> and it's going to work out. And it totally does. So I yeah. I, I know it ended up lo- being awesome. I know a lot of my friends have, have ended up sleeping on the Animatrix just because they were like, oh, it's not one of the trilogy and it's not you know it was uh, it was also to be fair it was a lot more harder it was like really under the radar I feel like when it came out too like they they had kind of played it up because you know the matrix is a cultural touchstone and so like having that attachment to it was still there but like like I said watching it like a year or two ago was the second time that I've ever watched it and I've owned like a box set of all of the Matrix stuff for like a decade. And this is the second <laughs> time that I've dipped into
2: it. So it's one of those things too where they, it was like they're exper- experimenting with telling the story in different media, you know, making, yeah, you know, it's, like, it's very consumerist too, like make them buy different shit to get the full story. But that was really well done. The video game too was really fucking good. If anyone mm-hmm. played that, I had it for GameCube. <laughs> Yep, <clears throat> I loved it. Yep, yep. And,
0: enter um, the Matrix and Matrix Online. We're both su- super cool. That was a hundred percent why I got a hold of the Animatrix was because of the video game. Yeah, so it has that whole episode in there. Uh, yeah towards the end that actually leads into the video game into the video game yeah it's the setup for the for the ghost of Dayobi stuff that's right yeah i totally forgot about that and then that then in turn leads into the next movie yep a hundred percent cool yeah
2: also from like a very surface level like idiot level looking at it because that's kind of my take on you're gonna there's gonna be a theme here you're gonna see but i feel (laughs) like the action Like just the theme, you take the theme away, and just the action in that fucking movie—the gunplay, the just the badassery of it—is so the Shadowrun mood too. The team Mm. and how they go in, and and then also the lobby scene. The lobby lobby scene scene. scene. is what I picture
0: in my brain every Uh, time we have a firefight in Sinless. Every time we have a firefight in Sinless, it's the lobby scene, and the bomb in
2: an elevator come on like that's it's so that's good. a plan That's yeah, a plan. that's yeah.
0: totally a plan it's totally a plan and like the and and like even the escape sequence at the beginning when he's when he gets the cell phone and he's mm. like okay we're watching you two agents at the end of the hallway okay go now like make a so, look like yeah yep. like that is totally also like that could totally be a shadow run scenario of like trying to escape like a court like corpos that are coming after you you know totally. they found out that you're a runner in your everyday, you know, and now they know who you are in your everyday life and you have to escape and make it back to the rest of your running crew because otherwise, you know, you're going to get caught and then what's going to happen? I yeah, mean, only, it's so only good. if you're crazy enough to still have like a nine to five and be a runner hey hey man exactly. you, you mad people, lad. Got, people people got to eat all right people got to buy their their robot toilets mad with the cameras in them all right you can't <laughs> you think you think a normal drag in the aries machine can afford the camera toilet on a normal salary <laughs> easy we're back yeah that's, that's how we come full circle on this podcast that's a segue don't let some things go
1: yeah.
0: also a segue. tyler is... thoughts on the matrix
1: it's okay okay cool all right all right thank you okay so i've seen the first matrix a couple times and then the second and third one at least once but um as we will get into in a moment i'm not the biggest sci-fi guy so i'm kind of like that's cool and then i move on so i'm kind of selfishly hoping that you guys will induct me in the ways because there's a lot I need to learn even oh. as someone who's been on the show
0: I, <laughs> oh my my sweet I, summer runner that's child
2: a <laughs> perspective to have though too yeah a thousand percent
0: yeah and that's also why we wanted to do this is again for the people that like never dip the toe in sci-fi and they want to know you know what are some good things to check out what should I look into um but I I would say in regards to the big three that we talked about tone mood aesthetic for Blade Runner. Uh, the incorporation of the tech and cyber systems of the Matrix and how that reflects to the matrix to the matrix of the Shadowrun world. And I easy for you. What what would you say is the connector for Neuromancer and in that series? Uh, Neuromancer is, I mean, it's one of the books that started the entire genre itself. Mm. You've got You've got your first look at what a Decker would be like with the connections through mm-hmm. uh, it was through induction pads through his hand actually. And then you've got the the, the introduction of the Street Sam in that term as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot, of, a the lot terms, of the terminology, a lot of the terminology that you'll experience in the Shadowrun world comes from these books. Mm-hmm. So you, you would you, you think it would be safe to say that for the groundwork of cyberpunk, Came from Blade Runner. The groundwork of Shadowrun is deeply embedded into the NeuroMancer series. I think so. Yeah. Cool. I that I think that sounds good, Ben. Any <laughs> anything else you want to add in?
2: Last thing I'll say: mm-hmm. Matrix with the fucking the data jack. Come on. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, yes. yeah never
2: the same ever since i saw that movie i was like hey, that's sp-
0: that very true yeah no it, like even when we talk about like somebody using like a usb or something i always think of just the like they, the you know, lock like the in and I mean, yeah dude <laughs> the, oh, it's, man i'm gonna go watch matrix after we get done here tonight <laughs> i mean this is gonna happen quick segue fun fact uh, mm. i played in a um a third edition game where our decker uh it was around that same time where the matrix had like just come out and everything. And mm-hmm. so he had a weird Jack point for his, for checking into the matrix and that he would kick back and flip his eye open and then ramp it into his eye socket. Fuck yeah. And oh, that's oh, how he connected to the matrix.
2: That, is that a, that's cyberware in the, in the book, right? Is it, yeah. a data Jack in the eye, right? Yes. Yeah. You can
0: put a data Jack anywhere you want. That's anywhere you want. About. Oh no, we heard you. Oh, we heard you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for funsies. You can yeah. put it anywhere you want. It won't work, but you can put it in your ass if you want. It's fine. Do it. Yeah, just gotta run the
0: extra for wire. Me.
3: It'll work for me. <laughs> oh
0: god. Uh, All right. Well, uh, now that we have that out of the way, uh, the other thing I will mention is obviously we won't mention um the hairbrain schemes, uh, three shadow run games. I mean, that's just super duper duper obvious, so Sorry, super they're not Nintendo, on the they're not Genesis. on the list also the Genesis and Super Nintendo not on the list very super obvious I'm sorry again
2: but I don't mind any Shadow of novels like you like you uh, yeah can the buy, well, but you could buy those and
1: I didn't put any of the the novels. Rest assured, if it's a Shadowrun in the front, then it's yeah. for you getting. It's a pretty run. good
2: yeah indicator yeah. of what, yeah. You're yeah.
1: including the shadow run game on Xbox 360. No, That's right, folks. I no, see you. I no, see you. No, don't. No, no. The All great, right. the,
0: the it, the purest gonna, representation the purest, of the franchise, oh some would say. We're, stri- we're, we're striking that T-
3: one. T- I, Tyler, I, are you into I, that veto. game or
1: are you, are you trolling? Uh, no, I'm kind of trolling, but also when I was a kid, <laughs> I had no idea what Shadowrun was. And I remember seeing that game. I was like, You're telling me you can play like a dwarf with a katana and you could summon like a tree? That's insane. Yeah. That's, so, that's
0: a
2: legit yeah. reaction. I mean, it was. Yeah.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Although that's fair. it has literally nothing to do with Shadowrun. <laughs> but it has I everything to do it has everything to do with coolness easy and doesn't that account for anything anymore yeah. <laughs> maybe i'm just salty about dying to dwarves with katanas and shotguns who i would shoot over tyler. their heads because i was a troll Hello. it was all tyler this is <laughs> uh, how we like, find I out i got
1: this dude with my chainsaw my katana let's go that was me on this, the xbox this is my, this is this is God. where easy
0: still has the gamer tag written down in his in his hate book and he drops it and we realized that it was tyler all don't, along don't, don't all make along. me go all get these 360 and replug it in and all these out. years later who's on my block list <laughs> right. <Who's on> my, <laughs> who, who are those hot spicy messages from let me tell you
2: I tried oh, to SWAT on. him five times. I'm narrowing it down into the city block. <laughs> I'll get
0: you. Do you imagine Can't how much forever. how much more terrible swatting would be in uh the sixth world? You're just dead. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, Here comes Lone star. Response. <laughs> is like it one of v- those
2: Hall. is it is it
0: one yeah. of those things where like if you're connected into like a, a full smart home system though, couldn't the police like check that feed like if you had some type of like like hypothetically not that i'm trying to advocate for a full-on surveillance state type situation here but hypothetically couldn't that actually make swatting way harder to pull off in the future
2: <laughs> you can send in a mage send uh, a fucking astral projection Check. yeah it out. go yeah, astral yeah.
0: into the room and you just see a guy sitting at his desk and you're like guys i think we got the wrong place i don't yeah
3: yeah, that's that's possible. There's yeah, a there's lot of action
0: going on in there for one man, but let me tell you, it's nothing dangerous. Right. <laughs> let's just uh, let's just wellness check. Knock the door, <laughs> real quick. Can no, you, don't come in. Real, real quick. Can you get the Decker to hack into the live feed on his computer? I just want to make sure that I think I'm seeing what I think I'm seeing.
3: <laughs> Terrible. Oh he's, yep. right. oh, he's swatting all right. You called him Oh off. God. <laughs> Shutter run
0: after Run after dark. Yes. All right. Uh, um, let's actually finally uh, start to get into our lists. How about that? Woo! Uh, Tyler, would you like to kick us off and give us your top five influencers?
1: Yeah. Tyler, voice for the voiceless here. I see you people out there playing Shadowrun on the Xbox 360. I, I I I am with you. But as a cyberpunk nubile, I guess, that's a weird term. I'm not, I strike that from the records. Anyway, as someone who's relatively new with sh- uh, cyberpunk stuff, my list is primarily more modern films, but I have an honorable exception for something that not only got me into more sci-fi stuff, but got me into musicals. That's right. I'm talking about Repo, the genetic opera, as my shit. honorable mention. If you Holy want to think of- shit, dude. Uh-huh. How did I not even think of that? Oh wow. my God. I would put on the top of my list, but I'm also like, okay, that's, that's one angle of it. But for those of you who want a really fucked up musical and you just want to see what it's like to live in a society where you can get your vital organs repurposed from uh, corporations, great time. Great bangers.
0: If if any Mm. if anybody here has ever seen the classic like nineteen eighties movie Repo Men and thought, Mm -hmm. but what if this had Anthony Stewart Head in it singing songs, (laughs) and that's what was missing from your life? Mm -hmm. Repo the Genetic Opera one thousand percent. Yep.
3: Do you recommend my musical?
0: My my, yeah. My exactly. It is my one hundred percent is. My only follow up question to that, Tyler, is what
1: does Zydrate come in? um a little glass vial a little glass vial a little glass vial <laughs> there are so many banger songs i will listen to them afterwards but that's my honorable mention i'm cheating here i'm breaking the system uh but speaking of the system one thing that is a little uh more available for people uh and you would probably put it in the list of like you should probably have seen this already is the uh netflix series cyberpunk edge runners um As someone who does not know a lot about like what it would be like to be in that world, to live in that world, that show has a does a great job of expressing the like totalitarian kind of barbarism of being in a corporate state at all times. It is ruthless. It does not show any mercy to anyone for any reason. It's got hacking. It even has terms in there that I'm like, is this just Shadowrun? Because they say fixer. They have fixers in there. They say "chum" instead of Chummer, and I'm just like, "Mm, you're mispronouncing Chummer, sir. (laughs) Um, Just soft you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Actually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's uh, what I would have as far as the overall, if you want to get like a a brief encapsulation as far as like action-packed anime-style combat. Also, uh,
0: Tyler, uh, if if we could please incorporate the full title, uh, the Crunchyroll Awards... 2022 anime of the year cyberpunk edge runners i just want to make sure that we just
1: because absolutely
0: because studio trigger deserves all of the accolades that we could ever give to them so i just want to sorry just wanted
1: no no thank you thank you you know we we want to keep a tight ship here i'm I'm keeping you honest i'm keeping you honest (laughs) thank you so much um for my actual number four it's as some of you who listen to the show might know I'm a little bit of a a constantly in a state of terror of what technological terrors are around the corner Uh, mysterious forces. I'm paying attention. You're not going to catch me. Um, But when I think about stuff like the matrix and you want to see like the dark deep end of that, for me, at least the thing I think of is the movie gamer. Uh, It is critically maligned by some people, but as a kid, uh, i thought this movie was incredible i was like yes i would love to do that same same yeah i agree yeah. also
0: like after me and easy did our episode it's basically urban brawl but yes. if urban brawl was an esport like that is what that movie is 1000 percent.
1: yes and if you want to see a mix of urban brawl meets uh uh, futurism, fetishism. Um, bet, man, there are some things that have not aged well in that movie, but that's kind of the point. Um, I can tell you that... the one
0: thing that has aged well in that movie, Gerard
1: Butler. Let me Ooh, tell you. Let wait. me tell you. <laughs> it's like a fine line. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, this list <laughs> may or may not have some the very handsome <laughs> gentlemen. May, oh. may or may not.
0: All um, of our lists are going to incorporate some handsome oh, gentlemen. Abso- I just... Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Positively. And when I think of handsome gentlemen, that brings me into my third... Pick uh, the 2012 film *Dread*. Uh, Judge *Dread* for those of you who know it, it. It for me depicts a lot of the more gritty side of cyberpunk. You have people in this apartment complex that are having a gang warfare. We have future cops. We have advanced weaponry. We have drugs. It, it's like the complete package. Uh,
0: It also is as uh, Ben was saying because we were chatting a little bit about this. You were talking about how it's also like the way that it basically is like akin to the barons of Shadowrun. Like, yeah, you you were saying it's got like a like a the societal rep, right? So yeah, yeah. So like as a view on, like, how society is, is portrayed in the in the Megacorp future, like, they, again, and within the world, they literally refer to them as Megacorps as well, so it's, like, it's yeah. very much, like, it's universal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're not quite sure if you're gonna, like, if you're rooting, I mean, you're obviously rooting for Dread, Obviously. obviously. But <laughs> you're kind of, no, he's not. But do he's you? kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. you are kind of loving, they've got kind of this enclave, this kind of, like, this 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 uh you know, this building is this tower they gotta get into. And it's like kind of awesome how how big a fight they put up, you know. You're kind of yes, like hey, absolutely is, it, it's foreboding.
0: It, outside of just the attachment to to the cyberpunk genre and everything else, if you have not seen Dread, please do yourself a favor. It is one of the most gorgeously shot movies I've ever watched in my entire life. Like the cinematography the action scenes, the way that they use light and color in that movie Mm -hmm. is just untouched. I, I love that movie.
1: A lot of slow-mo.
0: And speaking of handsome men, Carl Urban. I was going to (laughs) say, you can't forget (laughs) the most important part. You got it. it. Also, you got to give Carl Urban his roses for the fact that he vehemently refused to take his helmet off for the movie. The, the major thing. Because if you've seen the- the, Are you listening, Disney? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you hear me, Sylvester Stallone, you son of a bitch? No, but if (laughs) if, if you've ever seen the original Judge Dredd, my man wears the helmet for five minutes at the beginning of the movie and then you never see it again. And one of the staples of the character of Dredd is that he never takes his helmet off. You never see his face. That's never supposed to be the point of his character. So the fact that Carl Urban was just like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Because I I remember before it came out there was like an interview with him where the directors were like, well the final shot as you're walking away like we want you to be like the it's finally over I can breathe and take the helmet off and he's like nah not my dread not happening today sir I was like right (laughs) please and thank you respect the lore
1: and to like yeah no see I didn't even know that either and and in a way of over reading into it it's the idea that that never stops. Just because you cleared out one drug den spoilers, uh, doesn't mean that you're done being in this this dystopian society where there's gonna be another sense of corruption somewhere. So it's really cool about that. And it really like that's a really uh, cool
0: cool viewpoint, actually. I'd never thought uh, about that before. I mean, that that's, yeah. that's
1: that's the, the overreading is is what I'd No, I do that's well. that's perfect, uh, dude. Yeah, that's you. super the cool. Immovable I'm... armor of the law. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he just, doesn't just take off the helmet because that's him. That's his identity.
0: Yeah, just because he clocked out, that doesn't mean the job's ever done, you know? Like, yeah. Never it's... Done.
1: He's he's like, I keep it on in the bedroom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I want to see a panel in the comic now where it's like at the precinct and they're all in the showers and Dredd still has his helmet on while he's just like <laughs> lathering up. And he's just like,
1: the sponge in the helmet. I I really yeah.
0: hope that he shaves his head because otherwise that hair is going to be I'm disgusting.
2: A <laughs> it, takes a like when
0: <laughs> it. just flows down halfway down yeah. his back. Beautiful.
2: Keeps...
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got the Fabio hair when he takes the helmet off. He, just... he takes it. It's that, the me it's me the, it's the whips. No, no, it, it all cool. comes off and the hair flips out everywhere and does like the twinkle and you just hear the anime.
3: Wow! Wow! wow. <laughs>
1: See, that is amazing. Uh, um, I also have
0: to say that Carl um, yes. Urban delivered the best version of uh, uh, I Am the Law am in the, the, law. the movie. Yeah. Oh. Where it's like, Mama's not the law. I am the law. I Just the law. straight on, instead of, I am the law. Um, <laughs> I am the law.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no offense. Till, to <laughs> hey remember where you no come, come from till, but, but also so hey listen hey listen star listen listen yeah. listen, <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. listen we'll, yeah. hey the italian stallion will hey, die hey, die. Hey, but also i will say <laughs> that it is very much the difference of you know that Sylvester Stallone has never read a Judge Dredd comic in his life. No, no. And you know that Carl Urban is a monthly subscriber to 2000 AD. Like, that's the difference between those two and the way that they approach the character. And it's just chef's kiss. 100%. I yeah. adore. That is the second movie I ever bought on Blu-ray. Fun fact. Is oh, Dredd. oh yeah. yeah. I 100% the bought second movie Blu-ray. I ever bought on Blu-ray. It's super important. Real Continue. Play, what was the first one? Uh, Kick-Ass.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Wow. Okay, Christ. okay, I could talk pa- about that for pa- a while. Partially because
0: uh, the comic book store that I worked at at the time is actually the basis of the comic book store in the movie. Oh, well. The comic book store in the movie is called Atomic Comics and that's where I used to work. So we sent him a bunch of the t-shirts and stuff. So like all the branding is actually like the store that I used to work at. So yeah. yeah the advertising, oh, look at this no, guy no, it's over here. No, Dude, no it's, it's fine. It's Atomic How Comics is sold? out of business now, so there's no advertising. But don't, the don't worry idea about it. It's fine.
1: You're you like, like, oh, I'll never spend a dollar on this mega corporation. Anyway, here's an ad for even if it doesn't exist, you're just like, you're selling me all these things. I'm like, man, maybe I do want that. That's
0: what I'm here for, baby. Right, right.
1: Okay. Um, but speaking of you selling the next best thing, the upgrade, upgrade movie. That's what I, that's the next one. That's number two for me. The upgrade movie. Uh, this is a 2018 film um with one what is their name logan marshall green um looks like tom hardy i'm still not convinced that it is not tom hardy um, we've never, we've never seen the, the two of them. In the same room we've yeah, never seen the true. two
0: of them in the same room at the same time just saying true um
1: but that's a film that depicts again the dystopian society but the idea that technology can be used to kind of overwrite your humanity in a way that like in theory improves you and makes you stronger in quotes but the deadlier side of it the acting from uh, logan marshall pretending okay because for for a brief setup this man loses all control of everything but below his neck and he gets like a cyber implant that allows an ai to move his body for him but the ai has sentience and and there's a lot of wacky stuff there but one of my favorite parts of that movie is when he's in his fight scenes while he's being taken over by the ai he's moving as if he's on like a a, a swivel like he's a robot it is incredible for that alone the hyper violence is on point point. and in our one of our more recent episodes we talked about like now technology and all that and like the idea of hacking limbs uh now imagine that but your entire body uh and then you have upgrade um so that is one that i definitely recommend it's not a not a feel-good movie but you know not a lot of things uh in at least the darker shadow run cyberpunk-esque era were are going to be that nice most um,
0: cyberpunk is not feel good no I, that that no. is a very blanket yeah, statement that i think we saying, can all agree with i was like, like
1: hmm what's actually a feel-good cyberpunk thing hmm. yeah there's yeah it's yeah. not a lot there's not uh, a lot. There's, there's not a lot. Um, but I, have, I will say I have one that potentially could be, but we'll get there when we get there. Oh,
0: oh.
2: very nice,
1: very
0: nice.
2: I um, used to fall to 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 Blade Runner in college every night. I'd put it on and go to sleep to Evangelist. Vangelis's is uh, that's amazing music, and I think it's fucked me up forever. But, <laughs> I, but it felt good
0: at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. score
2: is like one of the best movie
0: scores of all yeah. time, dude. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's so good. good.
1: There's something cyberpunk about like the immediate payoff, but the future like debt you're gonna have to pay with your body or your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's dude. There's a whole existential thing you could talk about with cyberpunk, um, but going back to the feel good, how rare as it is, some might say this is not cyberpunk, but I don't care. This is my list. For my number one, I actually picked an artist that I really enjoy. They got me through college and they are fantastic, underrated. This is the artist Pilot. That's P-Y-L-O-T. They are a synthwave artist, but one of the things that they do really well, if you listen to any other music, is they give you that idea of um, for background, I would drive late at night from school and the streets would be empty and I'd put on pilot and I just felt like I was driving in a in a cyberpunk like lane. Like this is like the, the world was filling in around me. It was this whole experience and I highly recommend it because although there are aspects of their songs that kind of depict the uh, darker or more intense elements of the futuristic cyberpunk world, there's also a bit of hope and uh, like, Action that goes on in their music that I really love. If you just want to like put on some music and just close your eyes and think about like, hey, what would be a dystopian society? But there's some bits of rays of hope. That's why Pilot is on the top of my list. Uh, it's not a film, but you know you can you can fill in the blanks. You could have your own your own head films.
0: Uh, do you have a yeah. recommended track that you yes. want to throw out?
1: I have a couple. All uh, right. The the most popular one, I believe, at least on Spotify, is Shadow Task. Um, oh, It's actually changed to A Race Against Time. I think my favorite song is Lock. Um, a lot of their music just feels like you're listening to it and there's something going on. Like there's probably a chase scene happening or something, and this music's going on in the background. At least that's what I see in my head. Um, Kick ass, uh, man. Yeah, it is incredible. So I'm going to be listening to them after the show, but I highly recommend if you guys want to delve into it a little bit, that is the number one on my list for cyberpunk media.
3: That's so, an
2: awesome list, dude.
1: Well, thank you, thank no, you. No,
2: that's, that's good, I like that. All
0: good, all good Who across the board. Up? Uh, you know what, we're gonna do this popcorn
1: style. Tyler, who's next? Uh, hey Austin, how's it going? What's, what's up with your list, huh? No, <laughs> yeah?
0: not like that. Try it again, no? Do it. to do it better? <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: where? uh,
3: okay. Age, sex,
1: list. okay so funny thing um uh, not to segue too much but i was not raised in the united states for the most part of my life so when you say popcorn style i'm like yes popcorn style i do know that yeah.
3: American. yes who in this
0: call is the most delicious that is what <laughs> i will base it off of
1: yummy yummy who do i, I, I need a nice first, buttery if bag you, <laughs> yeah. mm, <can> you, <laughs> wish of you are the buttery pops give oh, me gosh.
0: a nice head full of that austin list yes
3: <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah. uh.
2: If I were to microwave all four of you, who would explode first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: No, no, it tracks. No, 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 no he's, he's right.
1: right. Yeah, 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 he's right.
0: Okay, no, that's fair. Uh, I, I'll, I will go next. I got it. Um, so uh, I've got kind of like a whole combination of stuff going on here with my list. Uh, I tried to go for some that I do think are some semi-low hanging and some that are a little weird. And we're going to get into uh why that might be. So first off, my number five, Um, I know that this is a movie that got a lot of shit when it came out. And I know that it's a movie that is not particularly good, <laughs> but I have to go with Bright. And the reason that I have to go with Bright is because Bright does the combination of the fantasy with modern reality of Shadowrun which is something that is unique to the Shadowrun setting that I think is the biggest appeal of it. All of the other stuff that we're going to talk about or or that I'm going to talk about is mostly for the cyberpunk aesthetic, for the way that it would incorporate into the feeling, the tone, the genre. But Bright did do that combination of modern day and fantasy blending and how that would realistically look by today's societal norms and standards and i do think that it is very good for that everything else about the movie very six out of ten movie but the way that it does bring that representation out and the way that it does incorporate that narrative i think is very cool in line with what Shadowrun does
1: I I want to say too that not to peek too far behind the curtain, but for those eagle-eyed viewers who watch our season one opener, we may or may not have quite a few bright clips because it does do a very good job of having a visual representation of Shadowrun that isn't really in a lot of media at all.
2: Yeah. It's about as close as you can get.
0: Yeah. mm -hmm. It's definitely the
2: closest Mm -hmm. in a movie. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, to have
2: that reason alone.
0: Yeah. To have modern, like, uh, you have the the modern fantasy, modern world setting, but then the fantasy creatures in it. Nothing else has really done that, and for them to be, you know, brave enough to give it a try, uh, I I enjoyed it solely for that. Yeah, and the, the the visual effects work in that movie is amazing. Like the the uh, practical effects that they do for a lot of the makeuping for like the orcs and stuff is just really really good too. So for for that reason, I've put it on the list. Is because I I do think that it deserves to get its flowers of it has done something that nothing else has <laughs> approached in terms of what it curbs from the shadow run aesthetic so uh I, I gotta put out the idea of to make it even better what if you merged the john wick universe and the bright universe one? Stop, stop 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 stop, stop. stop. Please. Right now, I can only get so erect easy. I need to <laughs> no, we gotta do stop. it. I can't stand up right now. I, I th- mean this
3: is the, the effect exactly. that you get out of out of John Wick. That was pretty really good.
0: So yeah, it would be, be amazing, good. dude. Like I honestly, think it would be great. If, if if we could have the production team from John Wick, you know what? Somebody mm-hmm. needs to get Keanu Reeves to play a session of Shadow Run. Because if oh, we could get him, if I we could like get him has. to spear run a I passion feel like he project. Has too. But if we could get him to spear run a passion project
2: like come on man it would be pretty good it it's would be so funny right. because when um i mean i don't want to ruin anybody's list here but like the cyberpunk 2077 game when that mm-hmm. came out you know i was wondering like really it revealed keanu i was like really keanu and then i was like oh yeah he's been in like every single like seminal cyberpunk film ever he made. really
0: has he, it's kind of crazy when you think about it like yeah, it's, like, like, he is it's his the genre. guy. Keanu yeah, his Reeves genre. is the like poster child of cyberpunk media and it's weird because like you want like, to be like you want it, to be like obviously it's Harrison Ford because Blade Runner because he's Decker and you're like no it's it's Keanu like yeah right like, John, Johnny Mnemonic the Matrix, yep. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, like Scanner Darkly, dude. Yeah, yeah. Scanner Scanner Darkly. Darkly. Also true. So yeah, man. Like it, that's I never thought about that either. That's very Whoa. true. He is our patron saint of Cyberpunk. Thank I you, Keanu. Adding to I didn't do it. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, he was in
1: this. And, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you <laughs> think Holy about shit. it, I'm like what the, he's been the... here the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's never left.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Quick question, yep. which megacorp would Keanu Reeves rep?
3: Ooh, that's ooh, a good question. Mm. <laughs>
1: hmm. I'm here asking the great like, questions.
2: As technology, cause he's so lovable. I mean, he's, <laughs>
1: he's dece- oh. deceivably nice, right? <laughs> oh true. gosh, he has to have some dark arcane powers or something like, uh, what's that, the poster what's child? It? Yeah, what's the one that has, like, the newer, like, social media? Is that a... Uh... That's, like, you're talking about in the newest stuff? Yes, yeah, the one that's, like, based around social media. Uh,
0: the newest corporation that's based around social media uh, via their CEO, who's, like, a adrenaline junkie. Oh, God. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It wasn't Evo, my... was it? No, it's, like, a, it's a Middle Eastern company.
1: My point in all that is yeah. that he would they would want someone who's so lovable. And if he was like, uh, and what is it? And you're beautiful. What was the line? Yeah.
0: <laughs> breathtaking. You're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. Yeah. So is
1: this corporation? Yeah. You know, like see, but for that
0: reason, I could see it being Evo because like Evo's whole thing is like progress, in- inclusion. Like they're like the 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 most prominent forward-facing pro. Um meta humanity company that's out there so i feel like if you have that as kind of your 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 mission statement that you're putting out there you get keanu reeves as a brand ambassador and everybody's going to be like well obviously evo's not evil keanu reeves works for them like he's that's it so i i think evo would probably be my answer i would go with evo uh ben who would you go for who do you who do you think
2: I, I I mean I'm half joking, but I'm I'm sticking with Aztec. Knowledge sticking with Aztec, fucking fucking uh, Stuffer Shack. Like same same reasoning. Like there's sort of like this benign, uh, outward you know this kind of ev- every day yeah, yeah. kind of yeah, every day like,
0: monotony to their right, to their corporation. You. Like yeah. you
2: love us, you know. And then it, there's and I do. blood magic at the heart of it all. Yeah.
0: Well, the blood magic is how Keanu Reeves stays so young, right? That's why that man has an age. <laughs> I knew it since. Point break, right? Like that's <laughs> right. Uh, Tyler, the corporation that you're thinking of is uh Global. Global. Nice. Spinerid? Spinrid? Spinrid Global, yeah.
1: Spinrid Glo- Global. Okay, cool. But he would if he were rep- repping that company, they would be just skyrocketed forward because they got Keanu, baby.
0: I I would say that my second guess would be Shiawase, but that's just because of how involved Shiawase is with the Matrix that that kind of just feels like a like a layup, right? Like that just, that would just Let's kind get of feel like, the, yeah, just get yeah. the guy. Get the
1: guy. <laughs> <laughs> My true answer, sorry, because I, I know we've, we've yeah, yeah. derailed a bit. My actual answer is Seder Krupp because he'd be working with- You just want everybody to here. be at Seder Krupp. Yes. Get out yes. of here. Okay, but um, let me, hear me out, hear me out. He and Loeffler are, are conspiring for some greater plans that we can't even imagine. Just wake up, people.
3: Real
0: quick, Ben, to fill you with, Tyler is Loeffler's, like, number one fanboy in the world. So uh, okay. uh, he, he looks for literally any excuse to make Satyr not the villains when they are very clearly the villains of <laughs> because, the other
3: Because...
1: Lafleur knows something bad is going to happen, and I want to be on the winning side whenever that bad shit goes down.
0: That's, okay, that's why that's you backed, even even that's if he's why the you, one that makes it happen. That's why you bet. I want to be like... Big Daddy D. Look at the man <laughs> who sacrificed himself for the greater good. I'm sorry, was Lafleur ever elected president of the United States? Yeah, I didn't think so.
1: Experience <laughs> and Canada, boom,
0: and... <laughs> and Canada. He was the leader of North Montana. <laughs> and it was great. I'm tired of
1: your pro dragon agenda. Let's move on. <laughs> That's
0: what it says the other person whose no. other whose favorite la, character la, 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 la. is ultimate dragon. dragon. Yeah, hey, pro, I prefer pro, pro more not more. my dragon agenda. Yeah. Is
2: what he meant to say. <laughs> not mm-hmm. my president.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the costs will rise, Tyler. The, the cost, cost will, will rise, rise again. You know, sometimes I'm like, man, am I going in too deep on this character of like rooting for the cost when I really don't? Uh, <laughs> I gotta stop <laughs> before I I'm, I'm in too deep. It is funny to think about those people that there must have been those people that
2: would not accept a dragon as president. They're like, oh not. That is not my president for like a. That day. ain't a
1: red blooded American.
2: <laughs> He was only president for like what, like a few hours. Wasn't yeah, like a <laughs> yeah,
0: like a day.
2: Yeah, like a day. Not even a day.
0: Yeah, that's true because he didn't day. even make it to the inauguration. So yeah, like, like literally, hours not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was the president. Was literally elect. like 15 hours. Yeah. He was the president elect for 15 hours. <laughs> Look, he had a big decision that he had to make. Okay? Yeah. and he did it the don't, right it thing. Don't matter. It Don't he matter. He did the don't he did the thing president. that some other dragons that we won't name wouldn't have done for the greater good. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Speaking of the greater good, uh, what's the uh, next thing on your hang on. list? Uh, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Uh,
0: oh no. Hang on. Oh no. Easy. We never got to your mega court for Keanu Reeves pick. I know that we got so far off track from that. And that was the <laughs> last thing we were talking about, but we never got easy's pick. So I wanted to bring it back. Just as who he would be represented, like via Hollywood and film and everything like that. Yeah. Like if he was the spokesman. Oh, uh, I gotta agree with my uh, other uh, GM friend over here um it, it'd be as technology, they, as technology. The yeah. okay. they they are the pr masters yeah. if you want to look that's good that's true. who you go to yeah they will spin you right no matter what just right don't round, sign anything right in any red ink that's yeah, all yeah, that's <laughs> right. the takeaway
2: you're buying everything that their spokesperson's wearing you're, you're he's eating yep. a snack that looks delicious i'm gonna really uh-huh. buy some of that meanwhile yeah. they're fucking evil no, no, they no. are
0: the most evil yes
2: yeah no that's very
0: fair that's, that's very fair
1: it's understood
0: by it's it.
1: some people on the temples
0: anyway uh next on the list please <laughs> all right so next up on the list is um kind of to play into again like the augmentation and societal aspects of it but from the perspective of the uh the the justice side rather than the outlaw side that you would get with Shadowrun, and that is ghost in the shell ghost in the shell is the incorporation of ai and cyber augmentation and the way that it shows the aspects of how you would try to police in a society run by literally the most powerful entities in the world trying to do your job against the adversity that would be put out in front of it and it's it's kind of it's one of those things where uh, looking at it having played Shadowrun now I see why Shadowrunners would exist and especially in the Shadowrun universe where all of the police forces are privatized like there's no centralized police government that's kind of just out for the greater good of everybody everybody's working for somebody in that society so the way that ghost in the shell depicts law enforcement in the face of that type of cyberpunk future I think is a very cool depiction that is very much like the opposite of what you'll generally run into running a shadow run campaign So it kind of gives you that insight to be able to use it as well, to be like, well, what if one of your contacts works in the police force and they know all of these different things that are happening, but they can't do anything about it because red tape and all of the other funness that comes with that. So, but also like Ghost in the Shell is just, it's just a classic, like it's just. It's such a good series in general that just everybody should watch it for that. And even if not the series, if you don't have the time for standalone complex, watch the original movie, the original movie, the original anime movie still holds up. It is, again, iconic. There are so many things that have curbed from it and taken from it that it kind of just, again, is is a building block that you can see where a lot of inspiration has come from for uh, cyberpunk aesthetic.
2: I can't believe I forgot about that movie. I I, I don't even like anime really. I mean, I, there's a couple that I like, and um, freaking Ghost in the Shell, man. It's fucking incredible, and it's just like it's one of the first cyberpunk things I've ever seen. Like mm. it's just like it was back when that wasn't, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't see a whole lot of that stuff going on, and yeah. it was like that was one of them. So that's pretty
0: yeah. cool. And also for I mean for Western audiences, I I for me like put in the VHS tape, have that manga entertainment logo slap up on the screen, <laughs> and you know that you're already in for a good time. So mm-hmm. it very much has that for me. Uh, but yeah, it's I think it's just very cool. And like I said, kind of gives you that opposite perspective to a lot of what you're gonna run into in a normal kind of Shadowrun playthrough. And also speaking of icons, of the anime industry and how they are reflected uh, in cyberpunk representation, Akira. We, it's got to be Akira. It, it, Akira is like, how many times have you seen the power slide? How many times have you seen the motorcycle slide? <laughs> and you didn't even I realize really, that that's I, what it is.
1: I saw it in my mind's eye while I was driving today. Bro, I was like, huh, Akira, huh?
0: I'm saying. But also Akira does a lot of stuff in incorporating like the slums aspect of, of the cyberpunk world. Like, you know, it's about a a teen, like a, like a teen gang who are disillusioned with the established societal system. And so they kind of just go out to do their own thing and try to figure out how to exist in, in the hyper violent gang war world of the, of the setting. But you also have like all of the psychokinesis and Kind of telepathy and mental power aspect of it that kind of ties in with the more fantasy magic setting of Shadowrun so rather than it having be full hard sci-fi chrome the entire time you kind of get this blend of both where it's both the cyberpunk dystopian depiction but it's not like Because as far as I remember, there's really no, like, augmentation or anything. Like, there's not people chromed out in the gangs or anything like that. Like, it's really kind of just an aesthetic setting against Mm -hmm. everything else of how, you know, the 1% flourishes while the 99% literally live in the squalored, hollowed remains of what's been left over due to nuclear war and all of this other, like you know the, the the other explosions from the from the psychokinesis experiments and all that stuff so it's very much got this more again grounded kind of feel to it where it's not as hard sci-fi but it really blends a lot of the aesthetics and a lot of the the themes of cyberpunk in and again is one of those things where there are a million references to akira that you probably don't know are references to Akira, if you haven't seen it. I mean, there's literally a joke in a Rick and Morty episode where they reference that Morty is a small child going Akira in downtown. Like, (laughs) they just call him out by name. We've got an Akira situation. So like, it's just, it's one of those things where there's so, so many other things that you know are influenced by it, but really just gives you that grounded representation for what it would be like to be a normal person living in this crazy dystop, violent dystopia that, you know, that you don't have a choice in. And what do you do with it? You know, what do you do for yourself and for those that you care about in that type of setting?
1: Fantastic. I was going to put originally, I was going to put Ghost in the Shell and Akira, but I don't know anything about them except that they're influential. So I'm glad we got to hear <laughs> your take on that. Oh, that was beautiful.
0: Also, I will say uh, the movie is amazing. If you haven't seen it, absolutely watch the movie. If you like the movie, read the original manga. The original manga is about three times as long as the movie is. It's kind of one of those funny things where the end of the second act is the end of the second act of the manga. And then we skip about seven volumes of story (laughs) for that third act in the stadium of the movie so like the the beginning and the ending of the movie is the beginning and the ending of Akira but there is so much that's taken out of the middle that again really drives in the character and the world building and just everything that is in there and kind of just you really get to see how all of it connects and it's just very very gorgeous and some of the best art I've ever read in a manga is, is Akira. So some of the
2: most technically perfect animation.
0: Oh. Same with Ghost in the oh, Shell yeah, film. It's like oh, the yeah. best
2: animation I've ever seen.
0: Modern mm-hmm. anime would not be what it is without Ghost in the Shell and Akira, one thousand percent. Like I feel very confident making that statement. I yeah, I don't think that it would be what it is today if we didn't have both of those films. So very influential in many, many different aspects. Um For my number two, I'm going to take a a bit of a weird divergence here. So uh, this is going to be my music segment, like uh, Tyler had talked about. However, mine comes in a kind of a three-piece meal here. Um, So first is the tonally, uh, to the tonal aesthetic of Cyberpunk. And for me, there are two things that come out to the forefront very, very much uh, immediately. The first is the Tron Legacy soundtrack by Daft Punk. That soundtrack okay. is just amazing. It is one of my favorite film scores of all time. Completely removed from the fact that I'm a huge Daft Punk fan. It, but It's outside actually of the that, best like, thing that comes from the second Tron movie is it's, the whole soundtrack. It's, it's, it's very better true. than the actual movie. It is better <laughs> yeah, than the yeah. movie that it's in. And and I do like Tron Legacy. I do. But the, the soundtrack is the best part of that movie. One thousand percent. I mean... If you run a Shadowrun campaign, have your runners go to a nightclub. And as they are entering the nightclub, just very subtly just turn on d in the background and just set the tone and just have a ball. I just, that that soundtrack is just absolutely amazing. On the flip side of that, there is another band that I listen to uh, that I don't ever really hear people talk about. Uh, they are a Canadian techno band called Crystal Castles. Um, they are a group whose style as my wife has described it is sounds like robots having sex and what I mean is they are (laughs) the reason that I like them is because they are very much a techno band but they're grungy techno like it's dirty techno It, it it almost feels like what would happen if you took like a screamo band and put techno backing tracks behind the vocals it's very just like As someone who is getting into listening to kind of more techno, EDM, dubstep style music recently, I've never heard another band like Crystal Castles. And I think that they very much are this encapsulation of the grime of Shadowrun that I've never heard before from any other type of band. I mean, like, you can take techno and synthwave and that stuff and kind of put it in, and it is very much like that is what you know the influence of that entire genre is based off of but i've just i've never heard anything like them before so if you have any interest in some dirty ass techno uh check out crystal castles um specifically their uh, self-titled album which i believe was their second album that came out um and uh of that uh hang on i need to real quick, pull up the track list. Uh, Check out the songs uh, Crime Wave, uh, Untrust Us, and Alice Practice. It's the first three songs off of their self-titled album. That'll tell you everything you need to know about that band. They are just one of my favorites. Um, And then my third piece of the musical interlude here of my list um, is a combination piece of uh, the final My Chemical Romance album, Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, and as well, the comic book sequel that came out to it that was simply called The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. This is a concept album that is based out of cyberpunk aesthetic. It is about a group of freedom fighters who are trying to stop a mega corporation who have destroyed the land for profit, and are trying to convert all of humanity into lifeless drones that will consume and obey to to take a line from they live Um, and (laughs) the aesthetic of the music videos is very cool and like all of the music videos from that album you watch in release order and it tells a story it is a whole overarching story about this group and and what they're trying to do and what their mission is and who they stop and then again the comic book that came out is the sequel which is the ending of the story uh that was i believe written by gerard way who's the lead singer of my chemical romance um who's dabbled in comics before as well but so like that whole just kind of cross combination of audio visual and print media i think is just a really really cool um kind of thing that we just don't really see especially bands do anymore like there's not really that whole this is what the story is that we're trying to tell with this music here is all of it the only other band that I can think of that kind of does a similar um is Coheed and Cambria with their whole Amory Wars series and how all of their music kind of ties into those stories as well but um as somebody who is a giant My Chemical Romance fan just in general I wanted to get that in here because I do think it's very cool. And also, um, as a little bit of a fun fact, if you do watch the music videos, uh, the person who plays the main villain, uh, which is the leader of the megacorporation, um, is actually played by Grant Morrison, who's like one of the most celebrated comic book writers of all time. And it's just because he's Gerard Way's a huge fan of Grant Morrison, and he asked him if he'd be in his music videos. And he's like, yeah, all right, sure. And I was like, fantastic i love grant morrison i'm all here for it i love all of this so as as kind of just like i said like a whole combination of of transmedia just storytelling i think it is very very cool and it's it's the best thing to come out of that last uh, mcr album for sure and then for my final piece of the list i have uh as we had mentioned previously the not happy representation of cyberpunk that you see a lot of the time but i think i managed to figure it out here and i and i'm really hoping that i've got a sleeper here that that nobody else had thought of and that is batman beyond batman beyond is one thousand percent a cyberpunk setting and aesthetic choice for neo gotham it is a cyberpunk depiction of hyper gang violence like literally Terry McGinnis's backstory is that his dad is killed by a street gang who dress themselves up in 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 remembrance of the Joker. Like it is dark and dirty, but it's also like uplifting and positive because it's very much like this character story of Terry and what he goes through and how do you pick up the mantle of being the Batman, you know, within the, within the actual world of the DC universe. And I just think that it's like my second favorite piece of Batman media behind the original animated series. And I just want more people to (laughs) enjoy Batman Beyond, man. I just, I love Batman Batman. Cyberpunk Batman, dude. Like, you also gotta admit too that Batman Beyond has a banger of an opening song. Oh my as, God, uh... the opening, dude! Yeah. It's <laughs> it is on par with the original animated series for me, and I know that that animated series opening is goaded, Like, and I and I agree, one thousand percent. Like, when, was the
2: golden era of animated series themes? It really series. was. Oh, dude! Even the Superman one, the Tim Daly Superman yeah. series, yeah. had a fantastic theme song. Bunch yeah dark wing dog
3: fucking justice league unlimited justice
0: league unlimited dude teen league. titans
2: spider-man
3: oh, the original teen titans theme the song by Spider-Man. puffy yami
0: yumi so good oh x-men oh yeah well, x holy oh, shit X-Men. x-men the x-men yeah. <laughs> theme song that's so iconic they had to fit it an easter egg to multiverse of madness to it
2: like come on man that so era great. Man. yes all the power rangers the original Power Rangers, I remember just being—I like, could listen to that. It's this shred. That's fucking speed metal, man. That's ep- that's epic. Yes. I
0: could go listen. We could spend an entire podcast talking about the Power Rangers theme song, all right I you're, remember, you're, you're getting into I remember, uh, a remember, dangerous area here. you are getting Power Rangers fan club <laughs> member over here. You're, 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 right, getting, we're getting into good territory <laughs> here. Um, but that's yeah, awesome, so man. but so overall, I just I I think that Batman Beyond is kind of one of those rare um, representations of positive cyberpunk because it starts dark but then as you learn how he adapts to this life and kind of the transformation that he goes through in it is just very cool and also some of the best lighting in an animated tv show I've ever seen dude watch any scene where him and his girlfriend go into a club and the way that they use shadow and lights is just it's so good it is so so cool so uh, yes, if you if you've ever thought, man, if only Batman was a little more cyberpunk <laughs> to, to meet well, my to meet have. my needs, as we all have. Who hasn't wanted cyberpunk Batman before? Who
2: mm. hasn't?
0: Um you and just al-
2: also jogged my memory of like the Frank Miller comics of Batman where mm-hmm. they were oh, kind yeah. of very cyberpunk. Oh yeah. Dark
0: Dark Knight Returns is very yeah. dystopian, aesthetic, uh, future of the DC type of thing. Yeah for sure i mean we've again we've got the whole gangs dude like we've got the, yeah. the the mutants which are literally just irradiated gang members who are just rolling around causing havoc cuz nobody can stop them cuz there's no superheroes anymore so like yeah it's it's very much got that same type of grittiness to it also i will not stop until we bring back Shui in the common vernacular as a replacement <laughs> for the word cool because that Shway. is the term that we use in batman beyond and I love Shui. I think Shui is dope. That's, it's just a fun word to say. Well, then you're just going to have to start bringing it into the actual show. All right. I sales. will. How is that spelled?
2: Is that like f- feng shui? Like, how uh, is
3: that...
0: I think it's. Or it's like I shwing. Think it, I think it's <laughs> not, 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 not shwing per se. Uh, I've always imagined it as like a S-C-H-W-A-Y. So okay. you've got kind of uh, the, the full pronunciation of both. yeah, yeah. yeah so it's
1: like school S C H way. yeah that's like the, yeah. the only spelling i'm seeing yep shway there's oh, an article okay. titled celebrating 20 years of shway hell yeah <laughs> well that's amazing go. Look, look there. how
2: very shway
1: if wow. i may say so ah, wow I think you do
0: also, wow. and um, it's like
2: top five Shadowrun media in the same article. You're like, just fucking rip that. Ball off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, Akira, hey, <laughs> well, Crystal Castles, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. No chemical romance? Hey, what is this guy on?
0: even doing? What are yeah. we talking? Uh, also, uh, what other quick uh, fun fact? Um, because we were talking about the the theme songs, uh, of, the the banger of classical theme songs. Mm. The dude who did the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Theme theme song also the same guy who did the x-men the animated series theme song oh so, see, that's I why it's so was good if you're wondering why those are two of the greatest children's tv show theme songs of all time it's because it's the same guy and he knocked it out of the fucking park two fucking for two <laughs> yeah
2: fucking rips
0: 100 percent. but so yeah. that is that is my five uh bright ghost in the shell akira uh jumble of music and cross media representation and batman beyond that is a very interesting Excellent. list.
1: It's such a bizarre list. I love it, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very awesome list. I and love the it. <laughs>
0: and uh, for our next commentator and speaker of the pod, uh, I'm going to get to go ahead and throw it over to easy no, and see it. what he's got. <laughs> I knew it. Us. All right. Um, well, like, like Tyler, uh, I'm going to open with an honorable mention that didn't make it onto my list, but I still feel fits the genre really well. And that is uh, the 1987 movie, The Running Man.
2: Fuck yeah.
0: Yes, dude. <laughs> yes. 1,000%. My second favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Could you imagine that? I feel like that's a game show that would just take place in, in the Shadowrun 100%. Yep. Dude, they have Urban Brawl. Of course, yeah. The Running Man would would, would right. exist within the sixth world. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that was, oh. my, that was my honorable mention. So that was good.
2: In, that was in Beat for sure. It Has to. Be. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah definitely.
0: <laughs> it has to be in Shadowbeat. Uh, so for my number, my number five, uh, I'm gonna throw in my piece of music that I feel fits the uh, the Shadowrun setting. And we've already talked about like the techno kind of feel and the smooth kind of techno from Tyler's side, where he's listening to it. It gives him the kind of positive upbeat. Uh, I am bringing the thrash metal into the the Shetter and light here and I'm gonna throw Static X out there. Static X, <laughs> their 2001 album Machine, almost every track on that album encapsulates like this hardcore thrash scene and I feel like it, it 100% uh, fits in the Shadowrun setting. My favorite song off of there, uh, I got to go with Structural Defect. Such a great song. Yes. Highly recommend yes. if you have not listened to it. If you've never oh, listened to I Static have not. X. I'm going to
2: check that out, man. Oh, dude, oh, Static dude. X is a good Ooh. time.
0: It is a good time. <laughs> they are really good. And even their, their lead singer now has, in his more recent uh, shows that he's done, has really kind of jumped into that whole futuristic cyberpunk feel and that he'll wear this facial mask that almost fits over his face that makes him look like he's a robot even with glowing like orange eyes. Dope. It's so cool. Do and you just do do you know what his name is by the way? Uh, I forget his name. It's Zero one? spelled X E R Zero. Fuck nice. Yeah. That Fuck is <laughs> because yeah. Sure?
2: Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah no static <laughs> x is a great great time because yeah when they did the the reformation the unfortunately the original lead singer did pass away yes back in but, 2014 but they're new and they're the new the, guy the, the new guy with the the new lineup with zero is very he's, cool and he's yeah. doing very well and like he's still hitting all of the same feel from the original singer which i highly yes. respect yeah so and that's... and Nailing that cyberpunk aesthetic. Oh like yeah, hundred percent. Like <laughs> that guy has to has to have played some cyberpunk yeah. in his past to be able to get that much into it. So uh, I definitely opening with the music uh, this time. If you don't mind, easy could 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 I add on an honorable mention to your oh, oh, you mention? Add, sure. <laughs> if, sure if I may. If sure. I may. What what is your honorable mention you'd like to add on? Powerman Five Thousand. Uh, I love Power Man Five Thousand. I feel like Power Man 5000 never gets talked about enough. So any chance that I get to bring up Power Man 5000, I'm going to talk about him. For, for people who may be unfamiliar with Power Man 5000, uh, it is a band that is fronted by Rob Zombie's brother. And whereas Rob Zombie went, hey, I like horror movies and spooky shit. His brother went, hey, I like sci-fi and cyberpunk shit. So he made a hard rock band in which the basis of most of their music is sci-fi and cyberpunk settings and aesthetic so uh i I actually talked to tyler about this before we 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 mentioned and discussed power man 5000 and i have to say that yes they are sci-fi but i see them a little bit more in the superhero genre like for their songs and everything the way that they hit yeah that's i I would say sci-fi superheroes definitely i mean I Batman. mean, li- like literally the music video for their most popular song of all time is a ripoff of Flash Gordon. So, yes. like, yes, you're not wrong. You're, right. not wrong. you're not like,
2: wrong. You got, you got the Batman Beyond as your sort of. Your yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Your that, yeah. Is, <laughs> that is very much our bridge into it for sure. That's fair. But, that's fair. But uh, I just wanted to give, like I said, honorable mention no, no. to Batman no. 5000 because totally anytime I can talk about them, I want to. <laughs> Man, take me back. Take me back. All right, Uh, number four for me um, is a very, very terribly received movie. (laughs) Terribly received. 1995 (laughs) movie um, that actually starred Keanu Reeves' Johnny Mnemonic. Because you've got the Data Jack, you've got the Ripper Doc, you've got corporations trying to... uh, Put down the people. There's the, that whole corporate angle. And and you get to see a dude use a cyber thumb mono whip. Come on.
2: Pretty badass. I have never been able to fully sit through that movie.
0: Oh God. It's I, it's I, a trial. It is a trial. It's,
2: it's a it's a gauntlet. But I actually I have friends that do a podcast where they go through that movie minute by minute oh for God. an hour, an hour, they break down a minute of that film and it's called johnny in a minute i'm gonna plug another and now they do cyberpunk podcasts too but it's if you love johnny mnemonic i mean that's your podcast
0: (laughs) if you can't sit through the movie and i i really don't blame you because it definitely has not aged well Uh, if you cannot sit through the movie uh it is also a book so
2: oh yeah the short story is amazing
0: yeah the short story is super good
2: It is a long ninety-six minutes. That
0: movie is a long ninety-six minutes. That's all it is. That movie is ninety-six
1: minutes. My next episode, I'll let you know what I think because I have not seen this. Oh Uh, God! And and there's a deluge of opinions I'm seeing, so I am curious. So, uh,
0: just to give you an idea, Tyler, uh, it stars it stars Keanu Reeves, and he's and he's basically an Aaron boy and he has a data jack and he gets this information uploaded into his head via a a bunch of pictures, right? And now they're stored in his mind, except that there's not enough storage in his head and he's slowly losing his mind because there's too much information. So he's trying to get it and these corporate goons want it. And he goes to the Ripper Doc. and the Ripper Doc is played by none other than Henry Rollins.
2: That was awesome. Sure, that is.
0: was awesome. He sure uh, also, is. he is also there is a contracted bounty hunter that is hired to hunt him called the Preacher, who is played by none other than Dolph Lundgren. It sure is. Oh There's a lot God! Going for it.
1: There's. I, lot. I mean, on, on uh, paper, mm. it's excellent. On well, the paper, it sounds when, really good. When I was Executed? researching stuff for cyberpunk, Johnny Mnemonic was on like every list. And I was like, oh, this movie must be so popular. No, I've never heard no, of it. No. But also, that
2: like mid, early to mid 90s realization of Matrix of VR was pretty uh-huh. bi- like groundbreaking at the time, yes. too. So yeah. It was pretty amazing. Like,
0: aesthetically, it is a very impressive movie for a movie that came out in 1995. Like
2: yes. it's It is yes. VR 2.0, the book, basically, yeah. that art as a movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also,
2: weird surrealist 90s art. Easy, you're seriously
0: you're forgetting the best part, which is the leader of the
2: anti oh, shit I was, gonna, anti,
0: leave I was anti, gonna leave that one out. Anti-anti-government, anti-body hacking movement known as the low-techs, uh-huh, I, I led remember. by none other than ice tea. Law, <laughs> law, law, order yeah. law, law and orders owned. Yeah, law and orders owned. Own. Ice tea, dude. Woo! So good.
1: Yeah. I'm I, gonna have a great time, is what I'm I Tyler, yes. You're
0: gonna have a fantastic time. I can't wait for you to get back to me and tell me why why did you suggest that? Jo- <laughs> Johnny, Johnny mnemonic is an enjoyably insane movie. It's I think that insane. is how I put it. That movie is just insanity, but I've it's always 90s- enjoyed it as well
2: unleashed distilled oh, yeah. 90s. yes distilled yeah. 90s, 90s yeah. unleashed definitely if you ever liked if you were like man i wish i i, I love the art on trapper keepers i wish i could see that in a movie <laughs> just wait for the fucking matrix oh, finally
0: oh, what, if I, what if what if i could watch a 96 minute version of that pipe uh the 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 pipe uh wallpaper <laughs> screen from old computers okay, okay. yeah, yeah. If you oh, ever yeah. wanted to see that as a 96-minute feature film, yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. All
1: I'm hearing is I'm going to come back from this film A Changed Man for better or for worse. So oh, yeah, uh, you will. Yeah. 100%. I'll start the oh, next episode. I quit the show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. All right. Uh, Dedicated my... myself to the Johnny po- uh fan cast that is, cast. is starting up next week. I'm quitting Shadow Running On. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to my number three. Uh, my number three movie, it is a movie. It definitely encapsulates the whole Uh, corporate aspect like corp coming in being underhanded and and not really caring about the citizen but caring about the bottom line and that is the 1987 version of RoboCop I was yeah. really That's hoping that. List. Good. Okay, you know what? yeah I, I realized after the fact that I didn't put RoboCop on my list and I was like, I really need one of the other <laughs> to grab RoboCop, man. percent oh, I need RoboCop, it. Man. Can, With your honorable mention, can we take a minute to just talk about how fucking fantastic Paul Verhoeven is? Can we just take like yeah, one oh second? God, yeah, I just want to even for my honorable exactly. mention, both Running Man and RoboCop coming out in the same year of nineteen eighty-seven. What <laughs> yeah. was it with the eighties man and having all the dystopian look about how corporations were going to ruin literally everything and being right? Like how right. Ants and Bugs <laughs>
2: Life came out at the same time. It was I know a, was right? something yeah, right. going on in, <laughs> in <the> water. <laughs> It's
0: very true.
3: Oh uh, God, yeah, That's it was fantastic.
0: One, yeah, I I have to say that I still love the uh, original uh the 1987 version over the attempted remake that they did
2: I I haven't seen the new one I so to,
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't waste you, my time real yeah. quick okay real quick the new movie is good because <laughs> the new movie the new movie is good okay. because the new movie still does a lot in terms of talking about the overall theme of what RoboCop was about which yes. is the weaponization of people against their will uh-huh. And the totalitarianism of a political state, or you know, political mandated force, right? Where it fails is in every other aspect, of the movie <laughs> because <laughs> because the 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 Verhoeven charm is not there, man. Oh, uh, like, that's so true. You need the cheesiness. In you the, really do you have have sometimes, dude. In yeah. the remake, they fumble the i'd buy that for a dollar reference oh, how do you no, do it man, how do you I mess can. it up that is like the
2: level of satire to where it's just oh you know you have to cheese it that hard it's yeah. so good so and the ultra violence in it like it's yeah. all so over the top
0: yeah that it's it's the perfection. it's the de- it's the depiction of the ultra violence in the name of good yeah, and and right. it's it's that satire that verhoven was great at man like starship troopers one of my favorite movies of so all good. time
3: oh, the satire. entire thing the is satire. just a
0: satire of the military industrial complex and right. how like hoorah propaganda. patriotism and propaganda yeah. and war yeah. propaganda is incredibly bad for society <laughs> and not good for like the sake of of, of overall man so, like, when, when you take away the satire that Verhoeven puts into everything that he does, it's just a very
2: empty yeah. statement. It's
0: just a very much like, well,
2: duh, you know, like. The scene of the, of the boardroom with the fucking, oh. you know, unveiling the new With the 8209? With the, oh, oh,
3: yes. So yeah. good. Yeah. Yes.
0: But Austin, would you like to know more? I'm doing my part. Well, that was I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, number two, I was going to go with Akira. I, I was going to do Akira. Wait, re- real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Because I feel like I may have slightly derailed us for the Paul Verhoeven conversation <laughs> here. In regards to the cyberpunk aesthetics of RoboCop. Yeah. What's your, what's your, oh, your take on you that? You've got the corporation itself. Right, OCP. Uh, who very much mimics what you see as a, what would be a megacorp. I mean, they're trying to own all of Detroit. They want to own the city, basically. That's their whole, that's the whole underlying idea of the movie is to have a corporately owned city. I mean, the RoboCop concept is just Ares. It's just Ares. <laughs> well, also the concept of RoboCop in Shadowrun fits as somebody that's super cybered to the point of technically in Shadowrun he would be considered a cyber zombie because there's he's just so tech. He's there's so much tech and not enough more machine than man yeah. himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's that whole aspect too of where does the machine end in the man begin there's there's that aspect of it and then the hall the the absolute hyper violence that you see from the gangs that does just 100% what you would see especially out in the barons area it's it's a no man's land you don't get the cops out there that's what you're experiencing so I figure that definitely gives you some Shadowrun vibes right there uh, but I mostly go Good. ahead go ahead sorry no i was gonna say but i mostly picked it for the ocp aspect for the of the mega corporation
2: and it's something similar i'd, I'd latch onto is almost like with the prop with the data jack and the matrix the fucking aries predator in robocop i mean it's that's the gun that's His the RoboCop gun gun is aries predator
0: no yeah. that is a that is a super warhawk come on
2: i was i, I feel like it was
0: where super, it's the machine pistol that comes out of his leg? Yeah, that yeah. A super it's got Warthog. that thick. Is it the
2: super warhawk?
0: That's the super warhawk. I like it was the predator. The no, that is that is the super warhawk.
2: <laughs> that thing is an I automatic death machine.
0: It is a super warhawk.
2: I thought this. I always thought the super warhawk is being sort of like a big, almost like a revolver hand cannon.
0: Well, and the, you have to remember the predator, the, the ones that are spe- that Shadowrunners can start with are the revolver version. But the okay. ones that are issued to Lone Star are the semi-automatic pistols. Gotcha. That will do burst fire and they have a very distinct sound, apparently. So mm. I've always <laughs> equated such a that. Good gun. I've always equated that to when you hear Lone Star firing their uh, their burst fire pistols as the the Warhawks. That is the Robocop gun. I love that. Mind. So I always thought
2: the Predator, but you know what? I'll I'll give that to you and I'll take the blade gun i'll take blade's gun that's oh the yeah of my
0: mind. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
3: no Still set
2: gun, i'll take it i'm 100
0: percent behind that <laughs> yes i could see blade's gun being the aries predator definitely sorry go
2: ahead i'm sorry as you rail but yeah no that's no awesome
0: that's, that's good yeah i like that that's what this is all for um so i was gonna go with akira for my number two because i mean obvious reasons and you were you were right go gangs and everything is super great but instead i have probably have a little known gem on my list here it is still an animated movie and it's anime came out in 1998
3: spriggan
0: oh okay i've
2: heard of this okay
0: not a lot of people had. had um the word is and actually you might recognize it because Netflix has just put out a series called Spriggan that was based off of the movie but one of the reasons that i put Spriggan on here is because he the main character is an augmented human he's got cyberware put into him to make him faster stronger and he's sent out to take on these kind of extra dimensional threats so i mean this is like your your street sam going out and taking on bug spirits And they also go out and they collect like ancient artifacts that might have some kind of psychic or magical purpose. And so that also fits into the Shadowrun aspect of the random magical things that are hidden out there in the world. It's a pretty great movie. Um, I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Uh, In the movie version, he ends up fighting what looks like an extra from akira that is one of the kids that has psychic powers fighting them for control of what is basically noah's ark which turns out to be a spaceship
2: oh sick dude <laughs> like, I, I feel like hats off to you for finding something as close as bright
3: like mm-hmm. i I, yeah. I don't
2: think I, there was anything else out there that was kind of that mix of supernatural no. and sci-fi and cyberpunk nice. yeah
0: also, uh, I as as a callback to something that we had also previously mentioned, a mm. little fun fact here for you, Easy. Uh-huh. The original Spriggan movie film adaptation uh-huh. was done by Studio Four C. Studio Four C did four of the Animatrix segments in the oh, Animatrix. Oh, see?
3: see? So that. They are very together. much
0: a company with their uh, finger on the pulse of cyberpunk so and media. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Spriggan is one Spriggan. of those ones that no one has, I, not a lot of other people that I've mentioned it to have ever seen it. And I had never heard of it. And one of my friends introduced it to me. And it actually, is. it's funny. The same friend who introduced me to Spriggan also got me to join their... Shadowrun group.
3: <laughs> there you yeah.
0: go. And he started by showing me the movie and being like, so what'd you think of that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: that
1: was your introduction. He, he yeah. used it as an intro. Yeah, he oh, used it wow. as an intro. So spring is the reason we're here. Yep.
0: Uh, yeah, part of the reason. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. All wow. right. And uh, finally, my number one pick. My number one pick encapsulates exactly what a crew working together for a heist would okay. be, and I hope you recognize where I'm going with this. I'm going with my absolute favorite heist movie of all time, Heat. That's I was awesome. like, it's gotta be heat. it's gotta, it's be, gotta heat. be heat. It's such heat. an such an iconic heist movie. So and probably I, the best heist movie of all well, time. And like, I, I, also right. feel, I also feel right. like it's the heist movie that's done correctly. You know, because in the, the Oceans movie, we get to see stuff happen after the fact and and things like that. In Heat, it's everything goes boom, 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 boom. Yep. And it's got a great betrayal arc and you've got a so dedicated cool. cop and you've got you've got the the specialization of the team. Everybody brings something unique to it. I feel that's it's very Shadowrun-esque, especially if you're building a team together. These are the guys that are going out and doing the runs to be able to mm-hmm. get the stuff that they want 100 percent, 100 and what's more shattered than
2: a heist that goes wrong oh
0: yes right? just <laughs> like, goes I mean, off the rails
2: it's perfectly planned and then just something fucks it up and now you're just shoot out on the streets it's yep, yep so good
0: oh, so good so so very good uh and it, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. one other thing if you are a fan of that movie and you have seen it, uh, I don't know if anybody else knows because this was just announced recently, like yesterday. They're in talks right now of doing a prequel to Heist, to heat. starring or yeah, pre- prequel to Heat, starring younger versions of the actors. Like they want uh, they want Adam Driver to play. Young De Niro. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And they've got somebody picked for Young Val Kilmer. So it's like the team working together on different, different like they just heist kept runs Pacino. and everything. Yeah, Pacino's still Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Pacino's still Pacino. <laughs> they just, <laughs> they, <laughs> they just <laughs> they, what do you do, do Pacino there? Pacino propped up in the corner. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like a button. glass of milk. He's, uh, yeah. they'll, they'll just CGI DH him. <laughs> yeah. no. No. Oh, DH Pacino is the most horrifying future that we could live in. Oh my God. CGI Pacino. <laughs> I had to throw that one out there. Right oh, Okay. So I have a question then that I'd like to throw out for everybody. Okay. Not counting heat, because mm. we have to take that off the table. Oh, okay. What is everybody's favorite heist movie? not counting heat. mine's on my list so okay oh, all ooh. right then we'll get to you then, okay. we'll, then, we'll, then we'll get to you not counting heat your favorite favorite heist movie this
1: mm-hmm. might not count but the the thing that keeps coming to my head is um smoking aces in the sense that it is a it is a heist of a person yeah uh and it's like teams. i would give you that I, I yeah. would give you that. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I, I also, don't know, it's not kind of the same kind of thing. Also, I love
0: Smoky Aces, so I will yeah. give you that for yeah. that reason as well. Yeah. I love that movie. I love no. that movie. Well, what's, I, the what's your pick, time Austin? We've... Sorry, wait, Tyler, what were you
1: saying? Oh no, no I was just gonna say the entire time we we're like throughout this episode, I kept thinking of the elevator scene with the elevator opening up and the guy running out the chainsaws. I'm yeah. like that's that's for me all I can think about when it comes to Smoky Aces. But so yeah. good, so, so good. What is your pick though?
0: Mine. Is going to be Reservoir Dogs, because oh, I love really I yeah. love the concept really, really of the post heist movie. You don't get to ever you you never see the heist. You just right. see the fallout of everything's already gone to shit. How do we deal with that aftermath? And also, like personally, Quentin Tarantino is my favorite movie director of all time. Awesome. So awesome. I do have a slight bias, I will admit, that, that, but that's a very I just. Good-
2: film version of the Shadowrun uh healing mechanic as well in that film yeah yeah
0: absolutely
2: <laughs> I mean you got a wound you're pretty fucked you're probably oh, not gonna make you, it but... you got,
0: you're definitely dying from that gut shot you gotta have it. a rough one you're gonna yeah. make it shut <laughs> the fuck up you're mind. gonna make it oh my god I, I love Harvey Keitel I have to say oh and, and again you every single tarantino adaptation you want to talk about just like one of the most absolutely stacked cast to a movie that's ever existed reservoir dogs all of those guys like right at the beginning or peak of their like abilities just absolutely kills it to a t though
2: man oh yeah no he definitely set the precedence yeah he set
0: the precedence of uh of of his casting ability with reservoir dogs and i don't think has ever disappointed ever like Every movie that that dude casts is like you said like rediscovering people or bringing I mean Christoph Waltz acting in Europe for 20 years nobody's ever heard of this dude Mm -hmm. first American movie that he makes wins an Academy Award like yep
2: yep yeah what can you say Travolta had anything more to bring to the world
0: right my favorite (laughs) Pulp Fiction is my favorite John Travolta movie of all time it is my favorite John Travolta movie he is so good the best in that movie. movie It's probably also my favorite Bruce Willis movie, but Die Hard's close I that. love Pulp Fiction so much. Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Jackie Brown's my take.
2: favorite Quarantino film of all time. Ah, I, I can't. Get you, are, you
0: are you oh. are the only person I've ever met to say that, and I have to let you know I respect the shit out of that because I, I love, love Jackie pulp Brown. Pulp
2: Fiction. It's almost like how Empire Strikes Back. I know is a superior Star Wars film, but A New uh-huh. Hope to me is my favorite. Yeah, like, that's that's how I think Pulp Fiction is, and then Jackie Brown to me is just. Pulp- Pulp Fiction is the freebie. Pulp Fiction is do you yeah. like movies? Right. Then you probably <laughs>
0: like Pulp Fiction and there's a good <laughs> right. chance it's your favorite Tarantino. I've also always right. had a soft spot for True Romance even though not it's, directed wow. by him.
3: It wow. was written by
0: him and I love True Romance. That movie is great. I am actually blown away that you even mentioned that movie oh dude I didn't think anybody else had ever watched it (laughs) it's 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 top three christopher walken for me that movie he is incredible in that movie he is chewing the goddamn scenery in that movie dude oh when he has to go do the mafia meeting is one of my favorite christopher walken scenes of all time it's so incredible it's so good um so huge giant segue (laughs) from where we're already segueing Uh, I have to say, my favorite uh, Christopher Walken like mob esque type that he's done, Suicide Kings. Yeah, he was pretty. Wow. Yeah, Fair.
2: he. I mean, he he's not terrifying at first, obviously. No,
0: but could, ooh, you know, things like, just like, ramp damn. up progressively. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic wow. movie. Yeah, Suicide what Kings. A great movie. Nobody right? ever talks about Suicide Kings. No, yeah. it's another sleeper. On yeah. The list um so now bring it back a little bit for my my heist uh my heist movie i'm gonna go i'm gonna go the guy richie route oh sick
3: fantastic and, uh, or fantastic. snatch
0: i'm going i'm going lock stock lock stock yeah lock stock is the more barrels lock stock is... is the more traditional heist as well yes yes yeah, is. yeah. yeah. snatch yeah. is just like a, it's just a series of unfortunate events. A fun story. It is yeah. a very fun story. Jesus Christ, Lemony Snicket. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. What a series of unfortunate about, events.
2: It's true though. Guy Ritchie, though, it's like it's got he's got that shadow run. Uh, there's that weird that, you know, the yeah, surrealness that super, to it. He's mm-hmm. got like yeah.
0: it's 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 like subculture aesthetic. Like, yeah. like he picks weird parts of society to focus on and put into his movies and really kind of like make them their own character like like brad pitt in snatch is is just phenomenal but like the whole uh romani like like compound and everything like the way that they're incorporated as a character part of that movie in and of so much as just being removed from brad pitt yeah it's so good it's so good i and all these characters have like
2: some kind of Almost like a, uh, there's almost like a um, cosmetic, one cosmetic thing that just defines them completely, like Bullet
0: mm-hmm. yeah. There's like, some, yes. you know,
2: very surface level. It seems, you mm-hmm. know, like campiness, but just mm-hmm. badass.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boris the Blade with his giant fucking mutton chops and like the full beard combo. Oh yeah, Brad kit yeah. his hat in that movie. Like it's just, yeah, he he's great at defining but, his character. Why do they call him the Bullet Dodger? Because he, he dodges, dodges bullets, savvy <laughs> My favorite line of that movie <laughs> Forrest the Blade Boris the Bullet Dodger oh, Why God. do they call him the Bullet Dodger so You know that, that also reminds me Of the most recent Guy Ritchie movie That came out The Gentleman It's Super so good I haven't Super seen good. that So okay. good Oh uh, it's incredible It is a great movie um, Especially since I mean you've got Surprisingly you have Matthew McConaughey in it and you wouldn't think of him being in a guy Ritchie movie, but he actually does he fits the really aesthetic. Well. He fits he the well. aesthetic of a guy Ritchie movie so much, man. He really does. And especially in that movie. The 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 crux of the movie is it's about uh weed f- f- farmers in England. And okay. Matthew McConaughey is is like, like the kingpin that, is like the kingpin of a oh, weed shit. of a of a weed growery. And you're like, well, of course he is. He's Matthew McConaughey. And right. Like, yeah, he
2: very much fits into the aesthetic of it for sure. But right. yeah, the, the gentleman oh. is great. The I told been also, acting that role his whole life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right? Also,
0: the gentleman has the best um the best performance by Colin Farrell ever. Oh, so incredible. Oh my God, he's so good. He he's steals. The boys. He steals Colin that Farrell, movie. Colin Farrell, Farrell steals and his the movie. Boys is the best part of that movie. <laughs> uh huh. One thousand. Not really intrigued. Oh, oh yeah, it's you super. Totally, worth it. you absolutely watch it if you haven't. And, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Let us let us know. Again, what you think. similar to Tarantino, Guy Ritchie just fills his films with incredible people and gives them the best possible roles that they can do, I and just really kills Jason it, dude. Them?
2: Oh. You know like like come on like there's an action movie fucking Powerhouse. As as much as I love Jason Statham's action movie, Snatch
0: will always be my favorite Jason <laughs> Statham movie just True. because it's so not Jason Statham. It is like he is a coward in that movie. It is it's the so most un Jason Statham role and it's amazing. He's it's like so Buscemi good in that movie. Big Lebowski. It's like Yeah, exactly, movie. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so so good. <sighs> so good well have you got a gun in your trousers <laughs>
2: that's, the accents alone are worth watching oh, it's so fucking good so great them. how long yeah, on the dogs them. two minutes
0: you said it would be two minutes five minutes ago, ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: so
0: good <laughs> all right well that is that's my top five
2: uh ben what do, what do you got for us so okay so when i Austin, When I was saying that you had a bizarre list, that was as it—that was a, as a, a term of endearment. I mean it because mine is also bizarre. I felt not so alone. Um, I'm coming from this from a, I, so. First of all, you took Robocop from me, you bastard. Sorry, so I can't. Sorry. <laughs> as a, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's up there. It's up there. Um, so I'm going to switch that out. I mean, I love. I also double down on Robocop. It's fucking amazing, and it's got that whole corporate greed and all that uh, dystopian aspect to it. Um, so I'm switching it out with Escape from New York as as a movie. Yeah. To just you gotta get into the barrens, you gotta get out. It's it's a pawn being used to to defeat all odds, to it's 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 the badassery of Shadowrun distilled into a film. It's yeah, what she's... every character wants their backstory to be and what, before they get put on their first run, you know? Two uh, two
0: years ago for Halloween, we had a Halloween party here at my house and I went as Snake Pliskin for Halloween. That was my costume. Yeah. yeah, I did. I had the black wife beater. I bought camo, the, the urban camo pants. I bought a pair of shin guards from baseball and spray painted them silver. So I had the, the silver <laughs> shin with the big boots. And then uh, I downloaded this clock app on my phone. And I have like an armband holder for uh, when I would go to the gym and I put the clock app on and then I wore it as a wristband. So he had the countdown clock wristband nice, as well. So like oh, oh dude, dude, I love Escape from New York. But, oh but then did you did you talk in the voice? I did <laughs> not. Snake. I did I, I did not Snake put I did not put two pounds of concrete but in I my definitely. in my cheeks in order to hit the gravel
2: of peak fucking Oh, fucking man. John is it... Carpenter oh, just bringing oh. all the pulling out all the stops all of his movies are fucking just unapologetically masculine action movie uh-huh. ridiculousness and I, I think that's what I it's like everything that an American action hero was at that time like is put into that character there's no emotion to him he's mm-hmm. he's an incredibly flawed character in the sense that he's completely unrealistic no one but, is yeah. that Yeah, but it's 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 amazing, but Snake Pliskin um, is so cool, man. He's, the <laughs> he's so of cool, and also yeah. peak Kurt Russell. Oh, Pete Kurt Russell. If we're gonna go John back Carpenter, to talking Carpenter, Kurt Russell, the Phoenix best John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, the the thing, best. You the, can't ooh, top. It's,
0: it's it's I mean the, the almighty trilogy of Kurt Russell is the thing Escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China that oh, right. America. You add oh, in Big Trouble, have Big Trouble in
2: Little China. Big Trouble Little China. I've got those, magic
0: and everything. I mean, it was it's it everything. Fits perfectly all three of those are John Carpenter, Kurt Russell. Like you want to yeah. talk about a guy and an actor that just got each other. Like yeah. they just nailed it. And then yep. in the complete flip side of Snake pliskid you have Kurt Russell in Big Trouble, who's, like, the worst action hero of all time. That, right. like, the joke of Big Trouble in Little China is that Jack Burton is the sidekick, and it's great. He's right. so good.
2: He just got great reflexes. It's all oh, it's reflexes. all in the, it's the reflexes, reflex, baby.
0: It's all in the <laughs> you remember so, what so Jack Jack Burton, here. You remember what Jack Burton told you? You tell him, yes, sir, the check
2: is in the mail. In the mail. Eating a sandwich as he's doing it my favorite that him driving in the storm in that truck with eating a subway sandwich and talking through it the whole time uh, is i was like i'm in love with this film this is I, incredible. So
0: great. I, I i will just as a as a little aside here i just want to put out there big trouble in little china is my favorite movie of all time it is a, my it is I'm, absolutely my favorite movie
2: I'm not wearing my shirt. I'm ashamed. I didn't even bring. I'm. Sh- I'm ashamed. It's not on my list. Honestly, the moment you brought it up, I was like, "Holy shit! What am yeah, I doing?" Yeah. Right. I do. So.
0: I have. I have a big trouble in little China shirt. That is a wrestling Same. shirt. That is I a wrestling thinking. shirt. So you it's got for, the actual. It's the so, the so it's, it's 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 a t shirt, but it's the design from his shirt, but it's a wrestler instead of the geisha spirit. That's that's oh. on it. So. And it's, it's, I, it's one of my favorite shirts that like I, own, I love it. No, uh, it's a wrestler named CM Punk. And it's, oh, so it's his cool. aesthetic. um, And he's got like the, he's got his crossed arms up on it. And the name that's of the shit. shirt uh, CM Punk is from Chicago. So the name of the shirt is big trouble in little Chicago. That was the name nice. of the shirt on the store, but wow. I ordered wow. it. But... that's
2: awesome! Yeah, I- I'm also going to use this expansive platform we have here with the show do. And, and with our, both of our combined presences online to confront John Carpenter right now, as he is obviously listening to this. He needs to get back to making films. I oh, had a fun yeah. time at your concert, yeah. man. I had a fun time. You're fucking oh, sick, dude. This his concert music, was amazing. his yeah. music. But get back to making films, man. We yeah, need
0: you. please, oh. we need you. I miss it. Give him one oh, more. Like- Hollywood give, is dying. Please give, come back. <laughs> give <laughs> give me one more Kurt Russell John Carpenter movie. Oh. Just one more. One more
2: yep. for old time's sake. Oh. Yep. Yes. I'd uh, give you escaped from Seattle I would fucking shit myself. Oh, oh my god. Fine.
0: Yes. That's it. Oh. We can oh. dare it makes we the dare to dream of wanting. Yeah, yeah Not right? dare to dream, right? right? But yeah, uh, exactly. You know you know what I and, 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 this is I In regards to the subject matter that we're talking about, this is going to be a controversial take here. I think that Escape from L.A. might have a more ridiculous uh, adaptation of cyberpunk than Escape from New York does, only because we have the underground (laughs) surgeon. the the underground surgeon played by bruce campbell mind you i'd like to point that out again for people that may not know that. this played God. by bruce campbell eating the goddamn scenery for five minutes in that movie
2: i've erased that film from my brain I think. is very
0: <laughs> very very in line to just the the whole body augmentation sphere of the cyberpunk culture with that said Escape from New York is the superior film, 1,000%, 100% across the board. If you're only going to watch one, watch Escape from New York, please
2: and thank you. Well, hey, I love me some Bruce Campbell, so it's worth watching. If, if, if he's in that, I forgot that he's in that movie. That's he,
0: because he was supposed to be a more prominent character. He was supposed to be the whole villain of the second half of the movie. And then they had to rewrite the second half. And that's why we got... terrible cgi surfboard scene which is fine again we don't have to talk about it it's okay it's okay (laughs) but yeah bruce campbell is great he's the best part of that movie 100 uh unfortunate that we didn't get more of him but it all blends together that as a franchise escape is a fantastic representative from the dark dystopia fuck yeah crazy insanity
2: of a cyberpunk that's a good sudden Good In a way, I'm, that's why I'm so happy that you picked RoboCop because then I could pull that back into my list from my dozen or so other things that I was trying to shoehorn into my list and couldn't. Um, so here's another weird... So I, I am approaching this from a different perspective a little bit because I figure I knew we were going to cover a lot of the, the cyberpunk uh, you know staples. Um, and I was kind of like, you know, I want to break Shadowrun up into what are the different aspects of it and then try to find media that like represents that so i well first of all the heist movie that was my favorite before i get into the other stuff ronan is to me like that's how you are you know that's criminal professionalism at its at its best um it's you know it's you got your use of contacts how important it is to know people and call things in the specialists in all their different realms the distrust you know among people new to the crew or how to prove yourself to a new crew kind of thing um
0: also you want to talk about just an incredible cast once again like again like right off of the heels of heat bobby de niro jean renault jean
2: renault dude mm,
0: anytime anytime we can put jean renault on a screen in front of me i'm excited
2: and the the fact that that, no spoilers, but that whole movie where you're not sure, you know, you're obviously you're rooting for De Niro. mm -hmm. He's your your main protagonist, but you can't quite, you're not quite sure who to trust ever the whole time.
0: Yeah. It very much has that everybody's backstabbing somebody every time.
2: But by the end, there's just a couple of them that are back to back. And it's like, you're a fucking solid. Like we're doing this all the way to the end. And it's such a good...
0: Can, you know. can we also take a moment and celebrate that it is also one of the few movies where Sean Bean doesn't die? Spoilers. Jesus. Dude. No, it's oh, very obvious. It's very obvious. It's a spoiler. It's a spoiler at this point to say Sean Bean doesn't die in a movie. <laughs> that is the spoiler. Very
2: true. Very true. That was the pitch in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't kill him. Yeah. That was the elevator pitch. We make oh. one where he doesn't die. Okay, hang on.
0: Real quick, I gotta cut us for another segue. I don't know if you... Uh, uh, ben, I'm not sure if you're familiar <laughs> with the format of this show here, but uh, I we segue a lot.
2: <laughs> I, I'm I, that guy on my podcast. There we go. There
0: we go. I love to do. De- I would be a terrible train conductor because all I do is derail. So, oh. uh, what is everybody's favorite Sean Bean death? Oh jeez. I will go first. Okay. Honorable mention, by the way, for my pick. In regards to this topic that we are talking about right now, equilibrium.
1: Okay. Okay. That was my pick.
0: Oh, That's your pick? That's his pick. What are you doing? Tyler, would you like to speak on equilibrium?
3: No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have nearly as much of a cornucopia of things to say other than that movie. I'm surprised that wasn't in any of our list. That was actually on my original list. It it, and... it, it was number six.
0: It, got, it was number six on mine. It got cut. But yeah, I fucking love Equilibrium. It is one of my favorite ridiculous action movies. It is one of my favorite movies to show people who have never seen it. It is one of my oh, favorites yeah, yeah. for that genre. Because it's just insanity. That movie is just just batshit insane and is one of my favorite christian bale movies also he's it's so fun that movie's just so fun but the whole opening sequence with him and the going to the church and sean Bean just sitting there and he's just just <laughs> give me the book and he just slowly puts it up and just covers his face
2: with it's so good i so love good. it it is it I is think my favorite they, it's called uh, it's titled physical adept
0: Yep, physical adept. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the name of that film. In a few yep. Countries.
0: <laughs> but yeah, th- for me, that is my favorite Sean Bean death is Equilibrium. And again, honorable mention to the cyberpunk aesthetic, Equilibrium. It, it makes sense that it would oh, yeah. be called Physical Adept because you'd have to be a physical adept to do Gunkata. Gunkata? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In exactly. order to be able to do Gunkata? Yeah. Dude, yep. I- yeah. I've wanted to talk to you easy about the prospect of making a character who is a physical adept only for the purposes that I could teach them gun oh, cuz that's it that's the only reason I would do that That would be it. the only way I allow it is you would have to be a physical adept. Yeah. yeah, 100% dude.
2: That's awesome. I love Sean Bean's death in Lord of the Rings. I think it's one of the most mm. epic. Oh, also Borobir. You know, I mean Goldeneye. Goldnigh.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to drop a satellite on the man to kill him. He's so he's right. so good. He's such a good villain. <laughs> I I I I as a kid a watching Lord of the Rings originally, I, Boromir is like the most hated character, right? Because you're like, oh, he tried to steal the ring. He's an asshole. Huh? But Boromir is one of my favorite redemption arcs in movies. I love it. And then especially if you watch the extended cuts with two towers and you get the whole backstory with him and Faramir and their relationship and all of this stuff. And it just really flushes
2: it out. I love the performance from him too. the way oh. you with him in that last moment i mean you fucking hate him for quite a while because he's just kind of a dick and he's just kind of belittling to the fucking halflings he's just a fucking asshole on this fucking hike that they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in those last few moments you're just like god damn that would that easily would have been me right yeah. like er- oh, yeah. easily corrupted by the ring and <laughs> again the, the 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 final lines of
0: boromir aragon runs up to him and he just says frodo where is frodo so I good. let him go, and he goes. Then you had the strength to do that, which I could not. You're like, yeah, Bor, yeah, you realize it. You fucked up. You're a hero now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, it's so good. But
2: dude, you're totally dying because that arrow is fucking huge. My There's man, like my man took to four of them
0: to the chest and just <laughs> yeah. kept on going. He just did what had to be done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, Boromir. Ah, oh, close second. Close second for sure. So good. Easy what do you what do you got for us or uh on screen sean for sean and... bean deaths mm-hmm. <clears throat> um i'm gonna i'm gonna go classic here uh classic the fight scene that he has with none other than one harrison ford and
2: patriot games oh fuck, Fair. yeah Dude, yeah cla- clancy classics
0: clancy classic yeah death by it. anchor
2: <laughs> death by acres so
0: true can't oh, get so can't good. get over his revenge murder so on. <laughs>
2: oh I'm and, such a fucking I was always such a Clancy fan in those movies. Uh, They're so boring, half of them are so boring. Oh yeah, but I love Every one them. of them, there, them half of it is boring, but but Don't the, care. the other half is so sick love that you it. can't let it go. Yeah, the finale of no no spoilers, but the finale of our podcast the first season uh, is heavily influenced on clear and present danger.
3: Oh <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice,
2: nice. <laughs> like, it was like that is Oh, it, part of it. at least it wasn't influenced by some of all fears, because that would have been a bad. That would have been a rough <laughs> ending. That would have been a real rough ending. Talk about the
0: movie last of that our like exposition.
2: Season. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, but if you are um, a big fan of like the Tom Clancy and the Jack Ryan character and everything, I actually super enjoy uh, the Jack Ryan series that's on
2: Amazon. I've heard yep. really good things. Yep. It's very
0: good. It, but... It's very yep. very good. I was actually very surprised by it. So highly recommend if you have not seen it.
2: Nice. Um, I'm trying to think of where my list is all out of order now that I switched it. Um, (laughs) Okay. Now that I'm getting into like the aspects of Shadowrun beyond, Mm -hmm. you know, what a runner is or whatever. um, This is a weird one. The Earthsea trilogy, the Wizard of Earthsea. Wow. If you want to get into the mind of, how magic works in Shadowrun. You need to read Wizard of Earthsea or, or the sequels and learn how Ged uses magic, the, the, the fact that magic takes something from you. It's not a fucking spell slot. It's something that you really got to give something. And it, it depends on life. It's interwoven with the Gaia sphere and with all living things. There's a fucking astral quest he goes on. Um, you, it, it describes astral space. In really cool ways, you know, um, and how about it takes a lot out of you, and how you can get lost in it. It's really fucking cool. If you if you're trying to, it's not so much shaman aspects in there, but it's a lot of how you would a hermetic mage views magic. I think.
0: No, Mm -hmm. that's that's really solid pull. That's a really good point.
3: Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and if you're and if you're only if your only exposure to Earthsea. Is the Ghibli adaptation of Tales of Earthsea? Read the books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> read the please, books. Please read yeah, the yeah, books. Yeah. Not a, not a great
3: adaptation. <laughs>
2: Uh, one of the rougher, uh whoever that movies. person is, is like, who the fuck is this guy? This is that's the worst <laughs> recommendation of all time. Like, no, 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 no. The books, the books. The books. Oh, the also, books.
0: also the sci-fi adaptation of Earthsea. Uh, let's. See. I don't
2: think I've seen that. I didn't
0: know sci-fi did an adaptation. Oh, of the TV the mini-series. TV movie? Is TV oh, miniseries okay. from 2004, 2005. Oh, so I we're peak sci-fi. peak sci-fi. This is peak sci-fi, two So it yeah. had a budget of like yeah. two hundred thousand dollars.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. yeah it's, so uh,
2: the books, people, the books. Please read great. the books.
0: Please read them. It's
2: such a good, uh, just idea of how magic is just a good way to get your head around
3: mm-hmm.
2: a different asset, a different kind of magic, a- anti D and D magic, or like mm-hmm. recent. D&D. Uh, yes. Good call. No, good call. no D and D magic, please. Delving into other aspects, I have um, the Warriors. As if you want to watch something and just see how ridiculous gangs, the vision from a 70s, 80s future, you know, looking forward to what gangs would become and do the Shatter on setting, the Warriors, it's got the bet, the the Barons in it, it's got the attitude, it's got the camaraderie of, of, you know, downtrodden fucking piss-ons in this society but they have each other and they're against all odds the warriors man it's just fucking badass
1: can
0: you dig Dig it it? (laughs) i would also like to say as an honorable mention Highly recommend the Warriors video game that Rockstar put <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah, that I yeah. know ever played it and it is literally a direct prequel to the movie and the entire back half of the game is the movie, but mm-hmm. all of the setup, you like you said, you get that relationship building between these people. You get that
2: characterization. It is, that it's, is it's that era of Rockstar where they had something to prove still. Just 10 out
0: they- of 10s across the board, dude. That punched, whole run, they punched up Rockstar. They punched, punched up
2: back then. It was, you know, they were doing, um, they were doing Red Dead, the first Red Dead Revolver. The first Red Dead Revolver. Weird, yep. Yeah. Cool, fucking shit. Which is a um, weird
0: West game that, like, I love that. Like, like <laughs> Red fun. Dead, everybody just get got on board with Redemption, and it is fantastic. But that is a Western, and Red
2: Dead Revolver is a weird West game, and it is yep.
0: amazing. It is
2: one of my favorites. I, can- I was one of the ones that came to Re- Redemption after Revolver. Yes. Thinking,
3: cool, and I was like, excited. Cool yeah, I was excited. <laughs> no, I was,
2: no, like, it yeah, I was like, oh, it was we're continuing the story of Red from nope. Red Dead Revolver nope. Nope. No. with right. the burned hand. I was pleasantly right? surprised. I- yeah. blown away by yeah. what it the spiritual successor of what that was and yes delving into what else was western about it but but mm-hmm. not a
0: not a pig josh in sight in red dead redemption let me <laughs> nope. tell you man <laughs> nope. nope. oh man i feel yeah. like i i do feel like they tried to give it uh some of those legs in the uh the dlc content that they released for red dead redemption yeah. undead you, nightmare yeah, or... nightmare for the mm. zombie and everything mm. but yep that was the still in the area era when like zombies were starting to be the the new hotness for media so but that yeah. that warriors rockstar game that is my oh, yeah. favorite yeah. rockstar game of all time more than grand theft auto more than it's any incredible. of the red deads i love that game it was a and sleeper I, game and i also love the warriors so the fact that you incorporated yeah. the warriors dude i'm on board a the thousand warriors percent. A thousand and Also, a kind
2: of an RPG too, like in the yes. sense that, yeah. like, and during that time where they were kind of experimenting with like GTA, uh, Andrea, San Andreas, yeah. Sort of like the yeah, leveling your character yep. up,
0: kind
1: of yeah, thing. that and, and the, it actually like the worked gang
2: aspect thing too. Yeah, it actually yeah.
1: worked in Warriors. Yeah, was mm-hmm. around the same time as Bully, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, same era. Yes. During... Yeah. Same era. Like, yeah. Yep.
0: PS2 era Rockstar is the best era of Rockstar yep. 100%. Vice City, yep. Warriors, Bully. Vice City, Red Vice Dead City will be my favorite Grand Theft Auto of all time forever. A Vice thousand City, thousand percent. At. Shadowrun. It's yeah, the, the, it's, yes it's it's the only one that has ray leota so it is 1000% <laughs> the best grand theft auto
2: forever immortalized in video game form uh, oh yeah. yeah
0: yeah but great great pick i love that choice for the warriors that no, is that so is very, very good. good yeah man i was it's, already blown away by the earth sea pick like oh cool
2: like well, i'm doing weirder shit i i like it
0: i'm in for it yeah like The Halloweeners are just weirder versions of the baseball furies in my mind now. That is 100%. Yeah, that is 100%. 100%.
2: It's these bizarre gangs that that personify some weird aspect that you wouldn't associate with gangs. All aspects of
0: like 1970s New York culture, though, which is like the cool thing about it. Because you have the boppers, which are like the jazz and like disco guys. You've got like uh who are the, the the ones that are always on roller skates that are just like oh, yeah. that attack him in the
2: bathroom? Like it's just it's like it's so crazy. It is such a
0: favorite weird... line
2: from that film for me. The chicks are packed. It's my favorite are <laughs> 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 when they get a attacked by packed. the Lizzie's. Yeah, the chicks uh, are
3: packed. The oh, chicks so are packed. Good. Good. So good, oh. you guys.
2: My, my last pick. Number one um, pick here. And you actually mentioned it a little bit earlier, Austin. As Repo Man, ah, uh. Repo Man is if you strip away cyberpunk, Repo Man is Shadowrun. It's yeah. the vibes. At least early editions of Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. I'm a second. We play a second edition game. Second edition is kind of my edition of Shadowrun that I like to play. And Repo Man to me is like it's punk as fuck. It is 80s punk culture, all the way to the nines, like crank to a fucking eleven. It's got this dystopian future, but in modern sort of setting of consumerism, all the products are just this weird, all the you know, sodas just cans that say soda on it mm-hmm.
3: in markets. They very don't point sterile, it out.
0: just yeah, very sterile, mega like corporate
2: mega branding corporate.
0: ownage. Yeah.
2: Right. And 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 just how just a blase, how unhappy he is as just a as a resident in that life ordinary
0: ordinary fucking people man
2: ordinary ordinary fucking, fucking, people. fucking people yeah it's such a good you know it's such a good commentary on on consumerism on on just and, and also finding a, your place in the world like your people mm-hmm. with the fucking repo Man. the whole bizarre mm-hmm. backstory mm-hmm. on the repo man code and all that shit is so quirky and weird which i think is to me so central to Shadowrun because you got Cyberpunk, you got Cyberpunk 2020, you got Cyberpunk Red. There's obviously some quirkiness in there, but nothing beats Shadowrun when you mix in fucking elves and dwarves and, and orcs. It, it's weird. It's, it's this wonderful weirdness, you know? I also got to say that I feel like
0: Shadowrun hits that 80s vibe a little harder than Cyberpunk 2077 or Cyberpunk Red does. Cyberpunk Red and Cyberpunk 2077 are taking that whole idea of uh, human integrating technology into themselves to the nth degree, and this just progressing in that way. And yeah, they have the big corporations that are also doing the same thing. But in the Shadowrun setting, you get hit with that 80s punch a lot more than you do. Yeah, people have cyber limbs, but they're not as like gaudy or flashy as you would see in cyberpunk red or cyberpunk 2077 they're much more like aesthetic than uh, Mm -hmm. they're 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 much less aesthetic and much more practical yeah is is how i've always felt about the way that shadow run augmentation is always represented Mm -hmm. and shown
2: and to me the escapism in shadow run is so uh, that's to me what I love Shadowrun. When I, when I play even 20, Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever, I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I got to put this down for a bit. Like it's so real. It feels like this is where we're headed. Like yes. it's so heavy. Whereas Shadowrun, it's like, is anytime there's still, you tackle heavy themes. You still, you've got all that shit you can play with as a dystopian future. But at the end of the day, it's an elf I'm talking to. And I just got to check myself and go, this is fun. I'm just having fun. It's ridiculous.
0: Well, it's funny because one of the things that I mentioned to Easy early on when we first started doing Sinless, um, because that, that was my introduction to Shadowrun. Like I'd known about the property, but I didn't know anything about it. You know, I knew that it was cyberpunk fantasy and it was a tabletop system. And that was literally all I knew about Shadowrun and when we first started doing sinless pretty early on i remember talking to easy about it and telling him my favorite thing about shadow run is the day-to-day interaction because that's where some of the most interesting shit in shadow run comes out of like doing the runs setting up the job doing the heist doing the combat is all super enjoyable and very fun but like the fact that my character's crux story right now is that i'm trying to start a a clothing <laughs> fabrication business and that is my character story is incredible to me because i would never yeah. think that that would be something that i would care for but like having those interactions and just living in that world is like the coolest aspect of Shadowrun to me
2: that tackles something huge for me too in the sense that like you know i was going to bring this up when you mentioned um when we were talking about neuromancer and also just these other movies these i think something that's so important at least to me in cyberpunk is that super intimate personal story like blade runner it's about a guy who kills machines Mm -hmm. that look like humans right it's not about the revolution it's not about it's about him Coming to terms with what he what humanity, what is humanity. Yeah, you know, it's, it's human.
0: questioning the existence of humanity. Yeah.
2: It's a racist that has to confront his racism and realizing that he's a racist and that sucks. And maybe he's what he hates, right? Yeah. It's like right. It, to me, that's so important. And what I and I'm gonna do a a, a real loose tie here to Shadowrun. Let's Run. do it. I feel like Shadowrun the specificity of a shadow runner like in the title this is what you are this isn't a world i mean it is there's a world there's a backstory there's a whole lore to it right but you are a shadow runner this is your place in that world just from the get-go how do you here's five people you put them in a room you know in dnd i got to figure out how how do i get these guys to go on this quest together how do i tie them now you're all shadow runners from the get-go you are here for the same fucking reason Mm. you know now delve into that with that with the with that you know that lane mm-hmm. you get you're given so much freedom and creativity to go vertical with it and yeah you know it
0: I mean? it's called Shadowrun, run it's not called sixth world you know like that right. is that is the basis for it it's so,
2: uh, that's why cyberpunk tries to capture too much it tries mm-hmm. to encapsulate so much to me well,
0: well and I think that the other interesting thing with Shadowrun run as well is um a lot of the time with d d uh, as you know our major comparison in regards to tabletop RPGs. The, the crux of the story is always defeat the big, bad evil guy who is trying to take over and, or destroy the world. We've never had that in shadow run. Like you don't have, like there are, you know, the, the, the background player, the, 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 the mysterious forces and like the dark entity evil that Dunkel's on is trying to stop. You have that, but that's all in the background. And can be incorporated, but that is not the crux of the story. The crux mm-hmm. of the story is not you're trying to stop the person or entity from conquering the world or destroying it, you're just trying to exist, and that's it. What do yeah. you do? What is your role in this world, and how do you incorporate and encapsulate
2: that? And they don't that... even stat Harlequin, yeah, because yes! you're not supposed to kill him, you're right. not supposed to. It doesn't matter right he's, and, he's and, too and, powerful but also
0: harlequin's not a, a villain per se like harlequin is not the person who shows up and you go oh fuck that's harlequin we have to stop him harlequin is the guy who shows up and you go oh fuck that's harlequin what are we doing for him <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know and like that
3: is what so time
0: that is that is my favorite part of playing Shadowrun is the yeah. world that we exist in and how we are a part of it and not how are we saving it because that's never the that's never the point of the story that's never who right. we're supposed to be we're not supposed to be the big hero we're supposed to be the guy who's trying to survive and you're shadow you're all criminals anyway yeah exactly and totally.
2: that's what, what was really tricky for me when i you know, I bought Cyberpunk Red and I, I, I'm a Cyberpunk fan so I picked up the 2020 rule book and then when Cyberpunk Red came out I bought that yep. and it was really hard for me to get my head around how to play it. Yes! and I yes. I think it's because I've come from Shadowrun first though. But, yes! But I'm like, having
3: that
0: same problem. I picked up like, well, Cyberpunk I... Red and I, I've read through it a number of times and I'm like okay yes I know that this is supposed to work this way and it makes sense in the book. But then I just something just clicks in my head in Shadowrun. And I'm like, but this works easier this way in Shadowrun. Why do I have to make it more
2: complicated? Right. It's and it's it, it to me, it just seems like a sand, It's I mean, the name is the genre and mm-hmm. it's almost like it's this sandbox to play in, right? Like, okay, you could be a medic, you could be a fucking rocker boy, you can be and this or that. That's the other hard part too, is you have so many different like character archetypes.
0: That your your players could play, for me, coming from it from a a game master standpoint, how am I supposed to fit some of these people together? It just doesn't make any sense. Right.
2: It's 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 the same problem I have when you were playing D and D and you got a fucking like lawful evil character and you got a lawful <laughs> good and it's like, well, thanks.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I needed. How the fuck do
2: I make this work? Yeah, <laughs> like. Um. And I just feel like Shadowrun is such an elegant solution. Just the fact that it gives you... Like, no, 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 you're not... You could, you, you could, uh, you could definitely pick up a source book on Dockwagon and you can create a Dock Wagon crew. Absolutely. But, you know, out the gate, you pick up a core rulebook, you're playing a Shadowrunner. That is what we are steering you toward. That is what we're supporting more than anything else. And then if you want to go beyond that, you want to be fucking corporate, uh, you know... Goons. People yeah, goons or people that go in and acquire other corpse by fucking them up. You could be those guys. You could be Lone Star. you can be whatever. And the rules are there. It's the freedom to do
0: what you want is the is is the I think the coolest thing about all of it because, like you said, that isn't like that isn't applicable for any other tabletop that I've ever played. like, mm-hmm. If you wanted to play a d and campaign where the basis of your campaign is that you are a group of party of, of retired adventurers and you run like an adventure shop now, you can do that, but it, it's a lot harder to make that interesting within the confines of that game system, whereas you could totally just, like you said, like run a dock wagon business and that is your game. And there is so much that you can still incorporate into that, that like, you know, what if, you know, how do you get somebody out of a firefight situation if there's someone who's gotten shot, but they have a dock wagon contract. So now you have to figure out how to exfiltrate them. What happens if you pick up somebody and now you're getting chased by a group of shadow runners who are trying (laughs) to assassinate this target? Like, there's so much freedom to just play in that world that you can... I, I I've yet to come up with a concept that I have approached easy with for a character that he's been like, no, that doesn't work. Like, because mm-hmm. you can do whatever. Again, I, I I go back to my weaponized drug dealer as a character that I want to play, and he's just like, Yeah, that could totally work. And I'm like, Oh, oh, oh fantastic. It I all love fits. it. We'll make it we'll make it work.
2: Yeah, that, that little bit of restraint just from the concept of Shadowrun, that little bit of um Of steering you in a direction to me is what you know you're right it's all open to you but instead of just making it open from the get-go be whatever the fuck you want like play around be cyberpunk it's like that's to be you can get really directionless really fast you know and um, it's
0: start here and what do you do from here yeah and and it's that openness that's just like oh
2: in our podcast you know we don't even have uh, we don't have any mages. Uh, what's, we what's uh, the have any deckers? What what's the name of that podcast again, Ben? Real quick. It is Pink Fohawk. Oh, Thank fantastic! Wow. Uh, yes, oh, yeah. uh,
0: and 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 on what platforms could we find you?
2: <laughs> We're on all platforms on po- the podcast platforms.
0: And fantastic. Are, okay.
2: Yeah, and if you have a few other things, and that that but, was um, Pink
0: Fohawk, I believe. per yes. Pronunciation: Pink Fohawk. Pink Fohawk. Yes. Fantastic. But spelled
2: wrong for whatever reason. Because <laughs> it's punk. Because yeah, yeah. punk. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, you know, and, and so we 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 don't have, you know, if you look at our crew, the only thing that makes it shatter Run is that, you know, versus Cyberpunk is that I have a troll, fucking nine and a half foot troll bruiser in my game. But the, we don't have any deckers. We don't have any mages. And there's still so much to do. And when I, there was someone on Reddit that was talking about like, um, You know, I want to feel, I want to show people what Shadowrun is, I don't want to tell them. And so I was like, the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to start straight cyberpunk. You let the meta, you know, humans be in it and whatever, but make magic rare. And if you have a mage in your group, play up how fucking crazy that is. And slowly just keep it straight cyberpunk because what's so sick about Shadowrun is it's got all that cyberpunk does. And then you start pulling that curtain back and there's so much more. It's like, oh, you thought the fucking corporations were the biggest bad guys? Guess what? There's fucking horrors. There's just dragons. Oh, You thought dragons were bad? There's fucking horrors. Like it just keeps going.
0: So the 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 cyberpunk aesthetic is the first layer of Shadowrun, and then as soon the as you as soon as you get cyberpunk. past it, yeah, yeah, exactly. But then as soon as you get past the cyberpunk aesthetic, it's everything else that's just like. Again, some of the things that we've done in Cyberpunk, I, or that sorry, that we've done in Shadowrun are things that I will just never experience in any other tabletop because I, uh, the availability of that is just there.
1: Can I share a realization I've had over the course of this podcast? Yes, please. So when we're talking about like D&D and there's like, you want to be these grand old heroes and have this grand destiny. That was kind of how I wrote my character for Shadowrun was to have this like really tragic backstory where he was expecting some epic confrontation and you know he was going to take down this big old bad guy and then I guess spoilers for for the end of Sinless season 1 still check it out Sinless season 1 um my character met the big bad guy and it was not at all what he wanted and then he met someone who was like more conniving and he's like I'm 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 over this, I'm so done. I just wanna kind of make food for people and like chill out. And for me, there was something that was so cathartic about like being raised as a character who had this grand destiny in mind and then to just go into the normality and that was enough was so powerful to me that I was just like, whoa, whoa. So you're telling me I could just be a person and then have like these narrative trappings and, and fun with it. So yeah, that's, wow. Cool. It's, it's a good. That's a good so
0: save. shatter-on. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hundred uh, oh, yeah. percent. Of, off of off of what you were saying, Tyler, as well. Uh, not not to give any spoiler spoilers here, but uh, in season two of Sinless, a, a large part of my character's story that we haven't really delved into too deeply yet is the rejection of uh destiny. Like that is oh. kind of one of the things that that we will be talking about as well. And again, being able to approach that as like the counter D&D archetype is just so cool. It's so interesting. Uh-huh. There's so much more you can do with it and it's so, so sick.
2: There's a lot of ways to run d and I'm gonna, I'm going to paint that right away. I know there's some people are like, no, yeah, this is a, the like anti-D&D
1: D&D podcast. Right. But,
2: you know, it is sort of geared toward you you put this in front of someone and they're supposed to kill it mm-hmm. and 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 loot it and get that XP. You know, and and it, here it's very you combat something last. It's heat. Yes, we did not. The plan was not to go in and shoot everyone. The yes, plan it's was the to last get resort. Yeah, shoot a gun. Yeah, like well, get
0: well, not so- be seen. And on that point, I'm I play a DD 5e campaign as well. So I'm playing DD at the same time while also doing this this shadow run game with easy. And and I do love DD. I, I don't want people Absolutely. to think that again that this is like the anti-D Shadow Run is the superior tabletop, everything else sucks, type of type of motif. But one of the things that I've incorporated from playing Shadow Run is trying to make my character who is a bard have violence be the last resort. Every situation that we get into in our campaign now is well what if we talk about this first? What if we what if we approach this from a maybe we can come to resolutions in this type of situation and making combat the secondary instead of immediately running into Oh that's the bad guy stab him with the sword resolve the problem like i i've i've been breaching that war into my into my campaign group as well where when we go into situations i'm like all right you try talking to this guy we're going to go scout out the rest of this location get some intel and kind of approach it from more of that standpoint instead Look of just so instead proud. of just guns blazing right out the door as much as possible <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm so proud it's here to so the right uh, wiping now. away it's here oh, the
0: uh, i i super appreciate that and i i have to put in my few cents about that as well in that i really feel like for whatever reason um that d d has just been kind of looked at as a hack and slash kind of rpg game uh, you end up in my own experience you end up with a, a lot of the time you'll have somebody that's just a murder hobo all they're there for is I want the XP. I want the loot. I want the treasure. I want to kill fantastical creatures and be lauded as this big hero and everything. And I'm like, this is a role-playing game. And what you want to play is a tabletop adventure board game. Yeah. You want to play a dungeon crawler. You want to play Diablo, yeah. the board game. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and, and like, that is not the most interesting thing about d d No, it's not- and it, but it's really hard to try to get people in that mindset sometimes mm-hmm. and I feel like there are a few role-playing games that are out there that share that same aspect of Shadowrun to be like you are put on this level right out of the gate you know you're a criminal but do with that what you will yeah, yeah. whatever and, you want to make and go for it also it
2: again no- Drive to leveling because you're you're leveled. Yeah, you're like ninety five percent, not ninety five percent, eighty percent of what your character is going to be. Right.
0: That is also one of my favorite things, and it's one of the ways that I've sold some people on playing, or at least trying Shadowrun before. Is it doesn't matter how experienced your character is. Any thug you come across on the street who pulls a gun can just annihilate you by sheer luck or just being quicker on the draw. It doesn't matter. And that's what I love about about Shadowrun. And I'm sure you'll get the power gamer that comes in every once in a while and be like, well, if I make a troll and I just max out body and then I can
3: just
0: just stand in in front of a rocket launcher and tank I've got five allergies. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Assholes. (laughs) it doesn't work that way and if you try and build it i'm gonna build something that's gonna one-shot it i'm sorry that's what's gonna happen
2: yeah i i that's it, will... a paper rock scissors balance to it too which is beautiful where yes. it's mm-hmm. like nothing is balanced in the in combat like mm-hmm. combat's not balanced at least in the earlier editions there was not so much effort to make a fireball equal a bullet it was like a fireball is a fireball man like you don't fight a fireball with bullets (laughs) i mean you you try to kill him first but there's something about like okay that's a mage i need to be faster than him i need to kill him right away or i need to figure out a way to give myself that advantage over that Mm -hmm. right I'm a face. I don't even. I'm not even fucking good at combat. So how do I deal? I'm a detective archetype from Two E. How the fuck do I even do, <laughs> do this? It is so much more problem solving. I think just at the core of the game of how the combat's not the end all be all. In fact, it's probably it's one the, of worst. The, the worst, the worst
0: situation you could get in, especially right. in first, second, and third. I would yeah. say uh, It's the worst. The worst to get into combat is so inherently deadly, and then the recovery times are so long. So, you're going brutal. into the next run wounded or still recovering.
2: It, and it affects your skill rolls the whole way. Yes. You get wounded at the beginning of a run. Oh, God. And you're like, oh, fuck it. Like, we got to change our plan because I was yeah. supposed to be doing this shit. And now, and I'm now like, I can't. Gotta, yeah. I mean, actually, I,
0: I just think about with Sinless when we did the underwater lab and the fact that Spider went into it injured and was like, I guess we'll leave her in the control room because she's got like minus two to everything that she could do right now so i like we gotta keep her safe and make yep. sure she doesn't hurt worse like yeah it's, and in it's hindsight very, it's...
1: that mortality made that so much more terrifying yeah and especially considering later things that are revealed in that episode it's like oh no yeah but person but who can
0: die it makes it to where like finding a human in what is supposed to be an in an abandoned underwater lab, and having them interact with our injured teammate was the most terrifying thing that happened in that entire mission. Because you're like, I don't know, if he pulls a yeah. gun on her right now, is she gonna be able to do anything? Like, can she? Can can this not go horribly awry in
2: any way right now? And that that is really really cool. It's also like from a, you know, we, we get docked GM to GM all day, but it's like, to me too, Shadowrun's so fun because the there's less need in my mind to balance things because the balance, you, you trust your players to have to figure shit out. You know, there's so much more... Uh, there's so much more reliance on their ingenuity, their problem-solving skills to get around situations that, like, I don't have to worry about so much. Like, okay, how many skeletons do I put in this encounter, and what are their level, and what do they have, like, abilities, whatever. Versus the party level, it's none of that. It's like, here's a gang that can easily fucking kill you, and or you could easily stomp them depending on how you approach this. And it's, I, I, to me, nothing else really scratches that itch. It's just such a yeah unique system. Yes. One one other Love thing
0: it. one other thing I did want to mention back to though in regards to what we were talking about earlier with D&D and the the concept of like the having to always defeat the villain and and like the the importance of the adventurer more than the adventurer type of role um that D&D gets labeled with again or that it gets you know labeled with a lot I, I think that one of the coolest things that they've done with 5e that nobody ever really talks about is that there are a lot of supplemental books that get put out by wizards that are trying to make more interesting concepts than be the big hero that saves the world. Like, you obviously will have your big ones. You've got, you know, Strahd, you've got Icewind Dale, you've got Um Avernus, which are all the... Defeat the big bad evil guy and save the world storylines, which are which are good and thematically, you know, rich for what they are. But on the same side of that, you also have things like Waterdeep and um, the Candlekeep Mysteries book, and Strixhaven and Keys from the Golden Vault, which are all books that are: What if you guys weren't the heroes? What if you were just people? What if you just existed in this world? You know, Waterdeep is a heist setting. Candlekeep mysteries are one-offs that are written as murder mystery and, like, noir-style stories. Um, Keys of the Golden Vault is another, like, supplement of heist settings that you can run. And Strixhaven is literally magic school. So, like, it is, like, the most (laughs) non, like, you-are-the-adventuring-hero setting you can get in the D&D world, and it much more reinforces the, your character is as important as the story your character tells is as important as the dice that they roll, which I feel like is a label that's been put onto D&D of, I just want to roll the dice, I just want to see big numbers. So I do give Wizards a lot of credit in that sense of, they have put out a lot of other supplemental material to really reinforce the character storytelling and not necessarily just be the hero and save the day. So I I do want to give them credit for that because I do feel like that is an aspect of D&D that doesn't get brought up enough. And a lot of those supplemental ones, like with Candlekeep and Keys of the Golden Vault, you have really high profile fantasy writers that are putting in these sub-story hooks that are writing out these plots for you to be able to really branch off to so I I do just I, I I think that D&D is getting to a better point of making your character more important than the story that they live in uh to to add on to that um I have to go with my favorite uh Probably one of my favorite D and D settings that doesn't get any love at all, and it was actually fan created when it was, um, when it was actually when it was first released, and this was back in in third edition, and it survived into fifth, and they released one book on it, and then haven't done anything else with it, and they should. Is Eberron, Eberron oh. by far is the juiciest and most rich lore wise D and D setting. You can run a whole political intrigue campaign. In that setting, with all of the different houses, it's basically like uh, a Game of Thrones meets D anD. d And there's so much more that you can do. I wish I wish they would put more supplements out for that particular that, setting. But the, the funny thing too, though, is that is what they did with the Eberron book for five e. the The setting of the five e Eberron book is the war is happening. Mm-hmm. You're you're in the background, like you're working for the different powers that be in this giant war how do you want to help influence this you know like what do you do in the face of this giant thing that is already out of your control like how do you interact to that and uniquely for that particular setting in eberron there is a way that you can build your adventures right out of the gate where they work for a patron that kind of almost sets them in that same lane that like we were talking about with Shadowrun. Like, you know, you're this thing. There's a way to do it in the Eberron setting that does that same thing of you're in this lane. This is what you are. Yeah. Your patron is your fixer. He's, yeah. And then, the guy. and then build build something that fits this particular like archetype that you're going to be dealing with most of the time. It's really helpful. I I wish more fantasy setting um RPGs would kind of look into doing that because you guys are right, it very much has become a roll dice big numbers game.
2: Right. Hey, but, they're doing fine. We yeah, can punch at are, them and they're yeah, not
0: it's, it's not gonna hurt Oh yeah, them no. Them. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of um on our side of the tracks with with Shadowrun, I feel like I actually feel like uh fifth edition and sixth edition has done us a disservice in that they've tried to do what uh, Ben was talking about earlier of balancing combat to make it more streamlined and make everybody feel like they're important and kind of on the same footing. And that's that I feel like that's definitely not what the genre had in mind at all. When it first came out, it was magic is scary and powerful and it will destroy you. But it could also destroy the mage casting the powerful magic, which was awesome. And you knew the troll with the heavy armor and the big shotgun was probably going to blow you in half unless you drop them real fast. Right. So that is an aspect that I would like to get back to. I mean, that's why I enjoy third edition so much because I feel like it was the last edition where that that uneven balance still existed but it was still enough you know that you you were satisfied and
2: happy with it yeah it was you know i don't know to plug my podcast again uh there's (laughs) we do a 2e book club and um we have we we post them on youtube where we go through the core rulebook for second edition. And we actually have Tom Dowd, who was one of the writers for uh, I saw your edition. first
0: your first episode of that when he yeah. jumped in. That was awesome.
2: you so say he's he's actually in all of them. he's he's showing up for all of our freaking, fantastic. It's just insane. And so it's just become this like brain picking like session where we just ask him questions on what we're going through in that chapter. And he' brought a lot of interesting insights and like and context to, that era Mm -hmm. of like you know DD was the big one they were the ones they were punching for they were trying to pull people that played that game so how did they do that they're gonna they're not gonna just do the same thing as DD, they're gonna try and do something completely different and so like you said that that philosophy was different on purpose it was to Mm -hmm. be like let's subvert what your expectations are for a tabletop game let's make this bigger than combat let's obviously have combat and you have your games that are very uh uh very realistic very realistic gun combat. This game's not going to quite be that. There's a little bit there so you can get into the nitty gritty if you want to for recoil and, and gear that'll help mitigate some t- that shit. But for the most part, combat's scary. It's also incredibly fun and ridiculous and action movie, you know, over the top when, it, when you want it to be. But it can also be scary if you want it to be. There's a lot of room there to play. but But for the most part, it's like, we're not d and d we we want you to be able to like like you said, really dig into these other aspects of how we get around the situation to just blow the place up mm-hmm. um and so I feel like to your point there's a there's like a it's almost um later editions of Shadowrun were almost reactionary, like almost like ooh d and d's doing really well, let's do what they're doing, yeah, yeah, and that's
0: like and I counter think to what, yeah, and I think that also comes with them you know, changing hands from the the FASFA yeah. team that had it to Catalyst games, where Catalyst was just trying to keep up with the current trends of popular role-playing games of, oh, well, that's working. Maybe we should try to be more like that. So see if we can get people to be interested in our game that's set differently, but would still feel similar to what they already know. So I can understand from that aspect to try to bring new players, but
2: I really, it worked for a little bit. It was very, was very Very popular. popular. It was. Yeah. And you know, and what's kind of nice, it's a fucked up landscape. Shadowrun's (laughs) a fucked up landscape right now. The the division is so deep and varied, but there are six different games to play. Yeah. Like six, I mean, three of them are very close. Like you mentioned, like the FASA years are very similar. And then you kind of have four and five that are a little similar in ways, Mm -hmm. but different, very different still. And then you have six that is like the culmination of let's really try to streamline this as much as possible, which some people seem to really enjoy. So it's like, I'm not going to yuck their yum. That's cool. Enjoy it. But I just wish that Cat... I mean, I don't want to get into that, but I wish Catalyst would push all the additions equally if that's how they're going to play it. Make them all available. Make them Mm -hmm. all put on demand. Just push Shadowrun. Like, play your Shadowrun.
0: I feel like they would get a lot more play from the the community itself too if they did that where it's hey pick your flavor of Shatteron that you want to play you want to play the newest version great you want to go back to fifth great here's some second here's some third we've it's even free. got fourth boom you let's own do it, it all
2: yeah you don't have to make anything it's done no There's it's all there five Just editions made
0: <laughs> boom It's one of those things that's super weird, too, because that does feel like one of the places that I feel like Wizards has done really well. I mean, in light of the open game engine stuff from last year and Uh all of that and the fact that they did walk that back, realizing that, like, that is the crux of, of their fan base for sure. But the fact that, like, right now I could go on Kickstarter and I could find at least a dozen people That are like, hey, here's new AD&D second edition supplemental material that if you want to run AD&D in 2023, here's some new stuff for you to check out. We've taken these newer campaigns and retooled them to work them into the old systems and like the fact that pretty much every version of D&D except for fourth edition because we don't talk about fourth edition (laughs) has that type of like community behind it though is like very much the same that i've seen with shadow run it's just that it doesn't have that like push behind it from catalyst to be like guys you love third edition here you go we're gonna support new third edition that's gonna come out for the people that want to play in that setting that time frame and that system Here's 4th edition, 5th, all the way up through. Because I it's it's the one thing that I feel like they if you're going to rip anything off from Wizards of the Coast, that's the thing to take. Support the long-term fans who love the previous editions and just want new stuff that's going to come out with that. And you can still put out your 6th edition books. You can still mm-hmm. put out the new stuff because there's going to be people that like that as well. And there's no reason that the ecosystem can't exist for everything
2: especially with their new the open license that they it's like and it sounds it sounds to me like that's sort of what they're tiptoeing around in a very roundabout way is what we're talking about but it's like weird that they haven't just come out and been like every edition of shadow run is on you know drive-through rpg print on demand you can buy them right now we're supporting mm-hmm. all of it we're putting it all out there and now you can create your own you know homebrew Settings or system within these systems and take a cut of that, the way Wizards did, you know, it's or whatever, you know, making that available to people to create within their world. It's it is bizarre to me, but I feel like they are a much smaller company and there's all kinds of talk about where they're, um, they're much they really do a good job serving the battle, uh, the uh, battle tech fans, mm, yeah, like yeah. those people all seem very happy. And yeah. I, it, from what I've heard is battle, that Battletech is eating good man Battletech yeah. is eating good like they, they it seems like that's sort of where they they understand that fan base more almost mm-hmm. and like almost like they're bigger battle tech fans than they are Shadowrun fans that's my take on it
3: um, uh
1: speaking of shadowrun fans uh, do yeah. we have any other recommendations uh, look at this for guy. our listeners? those was my five. That was my yeah. Problem. That was
0: the f- well. What I was gonna ask Tyler is, I was actually interested on your opinion as this as well because you do also you DM a D and D campaign. Mm-hmm. So like from that standpoint, do you any thoughts, opinions, feelings with what we were talking about?
1: Um, I will say that talking about this in this episode, I've learned to appreciate. I say this in a nice way. I, I've learned to appreciate the mundane in the sense that you don't need to have this grand like cavalcade of apocalypses in order to have a meaningful story. And when you guys are talking about streamlining in RPGs, one of the things that come to mind is like they want everyone to be able to do everything, but when you're able to do everything, nothing really has meaning because you just are that powerful. Like, what's the point of worrying about getting shot with a gun if you just like survive everything? You know, you're like, you're never feeling that sense of danger, which um, I'm learning to really fear and appreciate uh, in Shadowrun. Yeah.
3: That's beautiful. That's, yeah.
0: No, that's great. I agree. Well, guys, let's bring it back to uh, the list, the listing. We've, we've gone off on big tangents here. It has been fantastic. I've, I've actually enjoyed the conversation. Um, for new people that are on their way into this genre from everything that all of us have put together and, and, and said, what would you guys kind of agree on as some of the high notes from our individual lists to kind of put out there for people to experience that help put Shatterun kind of, help give them a taste for it I know one of the ones I would suggest actually from Ben from your list the that Earthsea recommendation. I did not think of that at all and that is perfect for the magic aspect of Shadowrun. That I, is fantastic. I I, I was going to say also from Ben's list I I back the Warriors like it, <laughs> uh, my my own feelings about the movie and every and the franchise and everything else aside it is such a it is such an interesting way to like put forth the concept of outside of the box character development and character yeah. creation that i don't think any other system incorporates like again like you have a band as prominent in the sixth world lore as the halloweeners and like they're just they're straight up a gang out of the warriors like they are like they have the aesthetic relevancy like the 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 the, the, the themology to them and everything like it's just such a a more interesting way to think of character design and creation, and how that could fit into a tabletop system. That uh, that's that's definitely mine. I, I think that that's such a cool outside of the box cusp uh, take that I just wouldn't have ever thought of. And I think that that fits in really really well with the tone of Shadowrun. Tyler, what's what's your pick?
1: Uh, Well, one of my major takeaways from this podcast is I have about, you can't see it here, about (laughs) 13 movies and shows listed here that I was writing over the course of the podcast. Um, No, but uh, one of the things that you brought up, Austin, that I was like, Oh man, I really need to revisit that because of how well that applies to this is Batman beyond. And just like the amount of kinds of like superhero media out there that touches on this. I feel like I haven't explored as much of, and I'm interested and excited to check it out again.
0: Another thing that I really like with Batman Beyond as well is I think that it does one of the most interesting takes on the hero life balance and the negative repercussions of it that no other series ever really touches on. Like every other series is the superhero origin story. Like take, for example, like Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Peter Parker has to keep his secret identity because if people found out who he was and the fact that he's just a teenage kid, his friends and his family are in danger. But like, that's never really a forefront of Peter's character arc. Like, it's never really something that he actually struggles with or is like a detriment to him in the same way that it is with Terry in Batman Beyond. Like, the entire first season of Batman Beyond is... Him adjusting to being a teenager and a superhero, and the fact that it's that it sucks. Like (laughs) it's a shit gig. Like he's constantly having issues in school because he falls asleep all the time because he's up all night being Batman. He's constantly having issues at home because his dad was killed by a by a gang, and his mom thinks that he that she that he's now like distancing himself from the family because of the. The fact that his dad is gone and the strain that it puts on his relationship with his girlfriend because he's constantly keeping the secret to keep her safe and the and the way that that incorporates itself into their just normal relationship. And like that is so fascinating to me that it is a series that was targeted at kids to go guys being a superhero kind of sucks like it's kind (laughs) of a shitty thankless gig. But like the 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 pursuit of justice is is what is the driving force there, but it it very much has kind of that darker tone to begin with of being like yeah it kind of is shitty to be a superhero you should never want to do it, and again tying into Shadow Run being a Shadow Runner is the shitty existence and it's kind it of sucks to be a Shadow Runner like ninety percent of the time.
2: It's a very noir like you know Sam Sam Archer or uh, Sam Spade I'm thinking like someone mm-hmm. that's like his life actually fucking sucks and the story <laughs> he gets fucked by the yeah. end he's he's to- double fucked he started yeah. off fucked and now he's super fucked but he looks so fucking cool the whole time you still want to be him some, for some reason yeah. you know it's the worst life hey i mean dude
0: same same with blade runner man Blade Runner Deckard starts off in a shit job that he hates doing And it just gets worse for him. (laughs) Like (laughs) over the course of the movie, everything just gets worse, and it never never really. Fuck, it's about that's about right. Yeah, it never really gets better, but it's the it's the glitter, it's the glimmer in between. It's the moments of of, of of sun. It's, it's, you know, that, that watching for a bourbon. I'm
2: like, I want a bourbon. Yeah. You right. Like, you like, know, it's like Sunday like, at 9 like, a.m., but I I want a bourbon. You know, he walks out and he takes
0: the drag on the cigarette and just like the release. And you're just like, dude, I get it. Like, you yeah. know, like, man, I get it. Uh, after the yeah. long day, dude, like, you just,
2: you need that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. He looks out of his balcony. You're like, wow, what a view. And it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's such a good. Yeah, I, I know. And you, so my my pick out of all of these, I mean, here's the thing. Obviously you took RoboCop because, and, and with, with, the, with Heat, that's so quintessential to me too of like just crime and, and just getting inside the mind of a criminal kind of thing and thinking that way. But um, when you, it's almost shame that I did not have Big Trouble in Little China on my list. That's kind of the, my biggest takeaway from here because with Shadowrun to me, if you're new to Shadowrun, and you're not sure where to go with it you know if if all else fails if you're not sure about what cyberpunk is or whatever embrace the weird that's shadow run yes just embrace the fucking weird as far as you can take it yeah and it's gonna be fucking shadow run yes you know
0: yes it's it's very much the moment to moment of that just happened that just happened that (laughs) okay yeah yeah six foot tall guy in the middle of the alley and I ran over with light coming out of his eyes. His buddy is hanging up on wires, cutting everybody to ribbons. Like, yeah, that's shadow. That's just the insanity right. of, yeah, okay, I guess that can happen in this world how do we deal with it yeah
2: i literally was thinking of an npc that i wanted to be some kind of shithead terrible runner from their past that they never wanted to work with again and i thought skunk that sounds like a fucking shitty runner name and then i'm like let me go with that further he has a skunk stripe in his hair that carries down into his beard and goatee oh, down so to cool. his neck it's a skunk it's skunk but it fits Shadowrun. it's just there's nothing more to him other than he just sucks it is, I would never
0: ever want to run with that person ever in the shadows. <laughs> you,
2: you don't want a text from him. You do not want yeah. him. To... It no. already
0: sounds awful. And I don't even know anything about him. Just the description <laughs> itself and his runner name. I'm like, nah, hard pass. Yeah. Get
3: out do of here. Do you know I anybody else,
0: please? Literally anybody. <laughs> I'll take Ratfink over Skunk. <laughs> right
2: and that's Shadowrun it's just you can yeah. go it's, it's like the Halloweeners like just take that concept and go crazy with it and that's Shadowrun
0: Ben I think you would appreciate uh, that we had uh, we had discussed it earlier and this is uh, again referencing Big Trouble in Little China we are 100% positive that uh, Lung's human form he is Lopan
2: that is, <laughs> that is fact now, in my <laughs> mind <laughs> He is that in is fact awesome.
0: Lopan. Yep. He's 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 he. Log's backstory literally that he is a triad antiquities dealer. He yeah. is Lopan.
3: Like he's just a triad 100%. antiquities
0: dealer trying to get a, a green eyed bride, <laughs> bro. Like
2: <laughs> it's his whole run. Arc. Women. Yeah, yep, yeah,
0: yep. yeah, yeah.
2: It's enough. Imagine it always enough.
0: Imagine that being the shadow run. You're doing a run for long, you don't realize it, and your run is to kidnap this green eyed girl from this a wedding.
2: a green eyed woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, green eyed woman.
1: We're um, having thoughts over here. We're going to write some things down. I want to do a run mission where we're just playing matchmaker and we're just like gassing a guy up <laughs> so that we make him date. And it's like, I would get such a kick out of that.
0: If we if we ever get a live action Shadowrun movie and there is a live action lung, he better be played by James Hong. Is all I'm Oh saying. yeah, that's it. Better be played by oh James my God. Hong. It's got to happen soon, then. Oh yeah, <laughs> getting up there. Yeah, exactly. He's a young ninety-four, guys. He's a young, a young ninety-four. Young ninety-four.
2: <laughs> Perpetually young ninety-four. I'm saying. He was 91 in Blade Runner. And yeah. Now he's not just 94. It's
0: very true. Time, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's a construct. Time is a construct.
2: It really is. <laughs> it's circular and it's somehow circling him. I don't know. True.
0: Well, speaking of time, I think we are fast approaching our end time for the evening. I have greatly appreciated these lists that you guys have brought forward, Ben. I've really want to thank you for being a part of this podcast taking the time out to join us in indulging in our love of shatter run it has been a blast guys great great fun uh once again if you could just let all our viewers (laughs) and listeners know
2: where can they find you they're so sick of me you know what we're gonna
0: plug you until they're just like you know what? They said it like six times now. I'm gonna go yeah. To everything. Subscribe. Yeah, I'm gonna like, yeah. Subscribe. I'm gonna go listen to every episode so I can systematically tell them why I hate it. On
2: <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, let's do hey, the anti-marketing. There is
0: there is no bad publicity. Slap that
2: subscribe button. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can click here and
3: here or here or here. Slap uh, that
2: subscribe button out of malice. Do it. Do it because you don't want to. Right. Slap it like it's me. Okay? <laughs> across the, right across the fucking kisser. Uh,
3: yeah, Pink Fohawk
2: is our for, podcast. For those of you if who can't a, see
0: Ben, because this is an audio-only podcast, he has a beautiful there. face that you never want to slap, so don't do <laughs> that. Don't do it at a Very that.
2: punchable. Not baby. true. Yes. Not Kissable oh, is the
0: word that I would use. That's how I would wow. describe it. Wow. Yeah, if you're
2: not sick of me, you can check out our podcast. Uh, it's Pink Fohawk. You can search us and we'll show up in any you know podcast thing, and we have a discord thing and we have a youtube thing and twitter thing do all the things
3: all right all the things
2: thank you guys for having me on this was really fucking fun it's awesome, awesome. To meet you guys in person you know yeah. i love the shadow on empty i'm loving what you guys are all doing and and obviously the, the actual play as well so keep well, it up more we, fucking shadow on content man we Good are night.
0: we're gonna try and, and keep it up and if you guys <laughs> what a great way segue into this huh How oh, you know what's coming. If you want to help us keep all this delicious lore coming to your ears and our sinless actual play keeping us going and help keeping us the light, keeping the lights on for us. You can give us just five new yen. Five new yen a month over on patreon.com slash critical underscore hits. You get all the bells and whistles as well. You get peeks behind the curtain. You get to see upcoming stuff that we have planned, upcoming artwork over on our Discord. You get to submit your questions directly to us that we answer on our Patreon-exclusive version of our podcast, Worm Talk, of which a new one is going to be on the way pretty soon. Keep your ears open. And you also get shouted out at the end of every episode of Sinless, and Sinless season two is a rockin' now. So be on the lookout for all of that, you guys. I'm super stoked. Austin, Tyler, do you have anything else you would like to
1: add for the evening? Austin, awesome. you, you're you're. I see the light on. Oh
0: well, it's just uh, a, a delightful evening with good new friends here. Ben, once again, I do want to say thank you for joining us. Is a delightful and heck of a time. And again, if you haven't already been checking out the Pink oh, God. Oh my God podcast, wow. please do yourself a favor I'm in as a soon as loop. this episode, as soon <laughs> this as man. this podcast right now is over, yeah. hit that subscribe button. <laughs> Check out the Pink Fohawk. You can't escape. Give them Five
2: dollars. <laughs> Put $5 into their Patreon, and then you can subscribe to my <laughs> bullshit. Yep.
0: Yes. Subscribe and to the Critical Hits Patreon and said, I'm here to support Pink Fohawk <laughs> in, your, in your subscription message. We will appreciate it. We would love to see it. Please do uh, it.
2: it. It's how we will afford to put uh, In the Arms of an Angel by Sarah McLaughlin underneath your entire $5 pitch. It's the only way we're going to afford that song for your
1: before you pull you the... ever felt like slapping a podcast host for only five million a month you and your friends can do so show those motherfuckers what's up
2: <laughs> it's like it's like an Aaron Paul we do like the Aaron Paul fucking oh, <laughs> approach
1: you want to slap me five dollars <laughs>
2: go for it man
1: um it's... as far as like my last comment sorry Ben it is so good to meet you I love the intersection of Shadowrun, but also talking about philosophy. This is a new thing that I'm discovering that I'm like, oh man, I need more of this. But I, I cannot tell you guys enough out there in the listener land, as an audiophile, listening to Pink Hawk is like I'm watching a movie without the visuals, yet the, the story is vivid in my mind. This man puts in work. It is mm, chef's kiss. Check him out. God damn. It's yeah, so sweet
0: oh we try to be sweet that's why we see we need to we need to get some more l- surprise guests you guys obviously because um well look at all the sweetness
2: i will not subject you to my crew because they don't know fucking shit about
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could have a, learning but... we could have a crew off who's learned more <laughs> yeah. i'll pit yeah. these two Tyler, against... you're such an
1: eager learner I, I, i'm jealous i wish i had those <laughs> in my fucking crew Oh man, I dude, I have to every week. It's like, I got to keep up with these guys. I'm like, Oh, I remember that name. I definitely do. And I check through my really badly written notes. And I'm like, Nope, I don't remember. I don't remember, but I appreciate that. Well, thank you guys. This was
0: awesome. Then we might have to reach out to you again and bring you on for one of our, um, worm talk episodes. I would love that. Would awesome. Love well, we I will really put that in the this. future. You guys, if you want to hear more? You know where to go. We've given you all the links. We don't need to say (laughs) them again. But I want to, once, one more time, just thank everybody for showing up this evening. And listeners, thank you for tuning in because you're what's making all of this possible and why we're doing it. And as always, you guys, we will see you
1: on the next one. The Topps Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sound, audio, video, and or any proprietary materials using connection with the game Shadowrun. The Topps Company Inc. has granted permission to Critical Hits to use such names, logos, artwork, photographs, sound, audio, video, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Critical Hits in any official capacity whatsoever.